Is that how far Brooklyn Park feels to you? Well, it does. Yeah, there's also just the flags on the wall. But yeah, <laughs> no, other than like, that, it does feel <laughs> like I'm I'm almost <laughs> on my way to the to the good land. Uh, but yeah, it just coming out here. It, it, I love that we're able to do this, and and I'm hoping that uh, people can continue to be safe and wear masks and get vaccinated so that we can continue to have nights out through what we are going to need nights out through as winter is approaching. Uh, but we're we're chilling here at uh, the first time we've ever recorded this far north, and the first time we've ever recorded in a distillery. In a distillery, which is kind of that's correct. We've been in a bar. We've not been in a distillery. Correct. So if you've made it this far, then you know that I'm probably Ben Quam, and across from me is Charles Watt. And you're listening to Libations for Everyone, and we love you for tuning in. We love you for being here. We hope you're ready for another amazing episode. And this time we have we have come to the guest. Because he has created a, a mad scientist's lab of magic and amazing things. Things that we have consumed on said podcast. Things that I have consumed at a number of bars. Uh, but I feel like before we go any farther, we should let him introduce himself and let everybody know where we are hanging out. Hey, I'm uh, Tyson Schnitker and we're at Skolvin Distillery out in Brooklyn Park, way up north. <laughs> way up north. It's I'm, not that far. No, I'm halfway between. I'm halfway between this distillery and Charles's house. I feel like right yeah. around halfway. And this place is a gem for people like my brother, who is far enough away from the cities that if he wants to go to Minneapolis for a cocktail, he's got to take a pretty long Uber. But to this place, he has as long of an Uber as I do to go to somewhere mm-hmm. nearer to my house in Minneapolis. So, uh, and for us, it's not. It's not. It's not an adventure to get out here. It's. A 20-minute drive from my house. And I'm sure you'll be able to hear me wince as I say this, but as somebody in his uh, mid to late, or wait, early to mid, there we go, early to mid 40s, I've had a lot of friends that maybe moved into the city for a while and now have since moved back out. And uh, 10 years ago, the only place that I really felt like you could go to get a proper, well-made, well-intentioned cocktail was into the city. And what we've really right. seen mm-hmm. is an expansion going out where we've seen talent and we've seen distilleries and we've seen ideas and creativity all moving farther out. And I remember the first time that I walked in here, like, I was just like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> there is a come up happening, you know, because I, I started bartending um, in the suburbs and then I moved into the city and uh, I lived downtown for seven and a half years. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get back out all that often unless it was for like a family thing. And my family is not bar culture fam. And so there was a, a, almost a decade where I really didn't see much outside of like the old dive bars and Mm -hmm. whatnot and coming back out here and seeing like the bar program that you have going on here. It's breathtaking. The products are obviously amazing, but also seeing like what you're doing at the cocktail bar. Like this is a very forward thinking cocktail bar that absolutely could stand its own in the middle of any like cosmopolitan downtown area. How, how did you see the community around react to you opening up? Like was, was it adventuresome for them or was it like, finally we have this? Oh yeah. It was, I mean, for some of them, obviously it's it's always going to be an adventure. Um, but overall I, I was really surprised at, at the reception and how many people really, really loved that this was finally, here in their backyard. I mean, I used to live up until two months ago. I lived in Brooklyn Park, just like three to five minutes north of here, depending on how many red lights I'd run on the way home. <laughs> and I don't mean that like blowing through them, like, you know, leaving work at one in the morning on a Sunday. Like, yeah, I'm, 
I did, I did the math on I, I like numbers. I did the math on how much longer I, of my life, seven days a week here, I would spend at these stoplights, and it was it was a, it was a sizable number. And so it looked, you know, no cop, no stop. Um, I, I will but, say, out in this neck of the woods, there are insufferable lights. Oh yeah, there is a light. My mom, uh, she lives about two and a half miles farther north from here, mm-hmm. and there is a light by her house. It's the last stoplight you have to go through to get to her house. And I have sat at that light for seven and a half minutes. It knows when you got to go to the bathroom without a single green light. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when I'm like, okay, once we hit seven minutes, I'm going. I'm just gonna go. Yep. And yep. if somebody pulls me over, I will say. I feel like seven minutes was long enough. There hasn't been a car that's passed in three. Can I please just? Yeah. Can I just go? I just. Uh, God, we started this like seven years ago, and uh, you know, I mean, late at night when there's nobody around, you look around and hey, no, no headlights or you know, eh, they're far enough. I don't think it's an officer, yeah. and you, just, you know, go and you know, you know, triple check your, uh, you know, make sure you're not going <laughs> to hurt somebody or yourself. And uh, I mean, been doing that, and I mean, late at night, sometimes I'll be here and like. You know, like spill a bunch of alcohol on me, and I'm like worried I'm going to get pulled over, and I'm just going to like, especially rum, where that like, that smell just, sticks with yeah, you, yeah. and just worried that like the window's going to go down, and the officer is just going to get a face full of rum, and uh, you know I'm going to have to try and explain to? it. Like, no, I just spilled a bunch on me. The air normal, inside but. is shimmering mm-hmm. like the back of a jet engine. Oh yeah, it's just alcohol vapor coming out. And uh, of course, you know, it's like I drive a pickup trucks so i can't just like put alcohol in the trunk so i try and put it as far like underneath the back seat as possible but occasionally there's a bottle that's like rolling around on the back floorboards and like, you know I'm, I'm definitely not like that but it's just it's just what it is yeah. but uh no i we lived up here for shit like 18 years um and uh you know there's a lot of cornfields around us and 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 all that now it's just big warehouses but just because we lived up here didn't mean we didn't like what the city had to offer. Uh, you know, I we never cared for Applebee's or any of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And driving downtown, you know, it was an adventure going to the city a little bit, but you, especially in inclement weather, you don't want to drive 30, 35, 40 minutes to downtown where normally it would take you 18 minutes and look for parking around. Like, you know, like one of the bars I love going to and always have is just sitting at the bar at Bar La Grassa. Of course. And there's not that many seats. And so you go and drive around the block like, you know, 80 times, find a spot six blocks away, trudge through the snow or pouring rain, you get to the bar and it's completely jam-packed. You're like, fuck. Right. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, the primary reason we're out here is it was close to home, close to a hardware store, um, cheap rent. That's a, a huge one. But, yeah, I mean, everyone in the burbs, especially nowadays, you've got a smartphone and you see more of the world, and it's nice to bring that closer to people. And when I saw Omni Brewing open, I met with those guys before they opened, and uh, you know that's when like breweries in the Burbs were just starting to appear. Omni's up like, in sure, Maple Grove, Maple Grove, correct? And they're just killing it. And you know, I was curiously watching, like, how are the people in the Burbs gonna react to that? And they just. They fucking love it. You know, they love having something in their in their backyard. And our customers do too. It's we've got I'm not lying when I say this. Every one of our customers has just been awesome. There's only been I think we're up to three now, out of thousands of people that have come in three where it's like mm, you know, like we've not we haven't had to kick anyone out yet. But I've, maybe you've been. That's good. I've, it I've, might be time to move towards the door. I've, I've told someone it's option A or option B. I'm fine with either, and he ch- thankfully chose option A. 
Um, and he's, he's a regular now, so it's cool. We're all good. Um, water under the bridge. Um, you didn't go, I'm going to get you sucka where you gave him the option of the window or the stairs. No, I, I, I told him like, you know, you can either move to that other chair or you can get the fuck out and yeah. I'm fine with either. And it's, like uh, that. you know, it's, it's because we're a reservation only came in, like just sat yeah. down right at the bar and oh, of course. we had a reservation that was coming and I knew who that person was and it doesn't matter if I know him or not. You know, we're 100% reservation here, and when we have a reservation, sure. we honor that. Um, he didn't understand, and I told him, like, look, dude, like, this is just a good example of when you have a reservation when you come here, you know there's not going to be anyone sitting in your seat. Mm-hmm. That's, And also, talking about sitting in the seat, uh, I think that this place has a really, like, just a beautiful aesthetic. Uh, my wife being in corporate... Uh, interior design i've i've started to learn a little bit more about how to pay attention to better things and and really get what's going on and um it's it's a very dark and intimate space but at the same time like it it breathes it's very open i love having the the plants with the the light above them so it kind of makes it a focal point where even in a space that can be very industrial uh you still made it feel like it has some plant warmth and it Mm -hmm. has sort of a freshness to it and i think that it would be impossible to walk in here and not kind of feel a little sense of calm um, just because the layout of everything is, is so thoughtful. So I, it's, it's a cool spot. If you haven't been, please come check it out. Yeah, it's uh, sort of yeah. bewildering when you come in here. My friend, I'm, I'm going to shout him out and he's going to get a kick out of it, Andy Robertson. Yeah. He's practically begging me to come here. And it wasn't like I denied his request. I just keep very busy. And this was, you know right after full vaccination where I had mm-hmm. 300 things on my list to yeah. do already. And he's like, you got to go to Scullivan. They make the best drinks of any distillery cocktail room in the Twin Cities. And I was like, sure, bud. Okay, I'll look into it. And then he started sending me photos when he'd come here. And I was like, what the fuck are you drinking? <laughs> where, where are you again? Mm-hmm. Scullivan in Brooklyn Park. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, you got to come. So the last time he sent me, uh, what's the one with the light where you get to pick the color? Oh yeah. The, that's the, bear, uh, the bananas and pajamas. The, yeah. Yeah. Bananas and pajamas. Yeah, bananas and pajamas cocktail. I love banana flavored things. Uh, he sent me a photo of that particular cocktail with the printed, mm-hmm. uh, banana in pajama on yep. the, the little thing inside of it. And then the, there's a colored light underneath it. And that was the ringer. I was like, okay, I'm making a reservation. I went on the website. I found the reservation thing. I came in here with my wife. Sean Rogers was sitting at the end of the bar here. I think Mm -hmm. he comes in a lot, too, because he works right nearby. But I remember walking through this Dunder Mifflin-looking motherfucking (laughs) building here. And Marnie's the one who called it that. And I was like, exactly, because it's like a 90s industrial parkway with... You know, these weird little atriums in the middle, and I almost ordered myself some Frito-Lays on the way in. From the well, that vending, vending machine, machine was actually filled when you, when you came in? <laughs> it might have been. I made a joke about it. And then you come up to the door, and it's like, yes, you, this is Scalvin. And you open the door, it's dimly lit in here. I swear it was, like, smoky. I don't know if I was imagining that. And I was just like, where smoke the machine. fuck am I? Was that what it was? Yeah, I, I bought a 55-gallon <laughs> drum of fog yeah. juice at, uh, at okay. auction for I, 35 I bucks, and I'm like, that's a steal. Like, that's but I was like, kind of expensive. I like doing I like doing all kinds of stuff on the fly. I'm very sporadic and I love a good deal and I'm like Yeah, you know, it's, like that's a good deal and I'm like, God, what am I gonna do with fifty five gallons of fog juice? Yeah. yeah. Fog it turned it out it looked looked pretty bad. Look cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're gonna do. And so uh we 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 sampled some cocktails and I was totally blown away. I was like, Oh, I wish I didn't drive because I only get to try a couple. Uh but the Uber driver here today knows that we're here to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Nice. Drink. 
Thanks for the compliments on the space. It's, uh, it's something that I, absolutely. I've never designed a room before. Uh, I can barely dress myself. And you know, I just put everything into into this. We didn't have a designer or anything like that. It's basically all me and trying to figure stuff out, like how to do the edge lighting and um, you know where to buy this and that. And um, sometimes I appreciate I f- your... Well, sometimes I feel like that that's actually the key to it. Oh, absolutely. Is instead of trying to follow what everybody else has done and how do I use that template to make this mine... You were just like, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always work, but when it does, holy shit, you turn out like this. And Thank you. It's incredible. You know, Even having the, the barrels in here so you can feel like you're almost a little bit a part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, And just as it goes into the, the industrial side with the, the column still and all the pots, you, there's a beautiful piano there. Oh, yeah. Like it, it really like, it bridges it into that so much so that I had to take a picture of that because I just think it's awesome. Thanks. It's uh yeah, the piano was there because, I mean, number one, I always wanted a grand piano. I can't play an instrument if my life depended on it, but my wife plays piano. And I love hearing, like, live music of any yeah. kind. Yeah. But I always wanted a, unfortunately, the, the car market's too hot, but I always figured it'd be a cool spot for, like, one of the luxury car maker, uh, dealers in town to, like, advertise their Lamborghini <laughs> yeah. or something. Like a, a killer car just chilling there? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, a little sign, something on the menu saying, yeah, you know, it's, a Ventador is... <laughs> You know, you can go find that for sale at this company. Because I'm That's like, awesome. everything I do with, with the bar, it's like, how can I make it more extreme and more awesome? And it's like, yeah, if you're, I just like someone sitting at the bar. I'm like, man, this place is awesome. But can I ask a question? Like, why is there a Lamborghini right next to me? <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is if you ever want to do an Acavit and Alfa Romero t- tasting, like where I get to sit in the car and sip the cocktail, like I'm in. We can let you do whatever you want. I know a guy, you know. It's a, I know a guy can make uh, at least uh, let you do whatever you want happen. I so. am in. But I, I, I appreciate it, and, and the guys, uh, all, the, all the bar staff and everyone here appreciates it as, as well. It's, hey, uh, they're putting great work. Shout out to Nelson Cabrera, uh, Ryan Martinez, Bryce Caldwell, Max Evanson, my wife Mary, and then the dishwasher, me, um, <laughs> in that order. Wow, you shouted yourself out? Beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> got a picture of myself with my phone background. You there it is. <laughs> <laughs> is it you washing dishes? No, no, so it's uh, members, all like the- nobody online will, there, you know, no, none of your, none of your viewers can actually see this, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, Oh, look at that. Is that a cabin? I found this fur coat in the, in the bedroom. And, you uh, have to. you got to send me that because it's going to be your yeah, that's gonna be the episode. Yeah, that's going to be the episode. That's going to be your cover for the, the pod. So what are we drinking? What are we about to drink? Let's get into this. Cause yeah, definitely. I'm thirsty. Uh, so this is Wild Turkey 13, yes. uh, which you can't buy stateside. It's only available, I believe, in Japan. Uh, bought it in Japan on uh, our first or second trip there in 2019. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Um, and I was telling you guys right before we started recording on like a, a little trick I learned with with trying spirits, which is you know take a little sip of water first and then try it. Uh, and I was going to have uh, uh, everyone just take a sip of the spirit first and then try it, uh, and then take a little sip of the water. But Charles beat me to the water, but that's fine. Um, but if you have <laughs> well, a dry so palate, it's like a shot. So. Exactly. If you have a dry palate, especially like, you know if you've been talking for a while, especially in the winter time. Like, I don't care what you're drinking. The best spirit in the world will be harsh and burn. You just mm-hmm. take a little sip of water. And I don't mean like, you know, you're going to wash down the, the whiskey or whatever you're drinking with water. Like, take a sip, swallow it, you know, swish it around, swallow it. Give it 10 seconds, then take a little sip of the whiskey. And night and day difference. You'll, you'll get more of like the, the flavors and all that. It's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. 
Well, cheers. Cheers. All right. First of all, fuck me. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, that is very nice. That turkey is wild, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Guam, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're up stuff. to bat, I think. All right. So uh, I'm trying to find a picture. I also have an incredible fur coat picture, and I will yes. find it for you. Uh, but before we get to that, we're coming up on I, – I can't believe that I'm saying this because I've been walking outside in a windbreaker at best. But we're coming up on – on Thanksgiving here very soon. And then right behind that, of course, will be Christmas and the New Year's Eve, which means uh, it's all about these big holiday meals, whether you celebrate the holiday specifically or it's just that time that you want to have people over, whatever. What would you say is your favorite holiday food item or beverage? And what is like, what is the worst? What's the thing that you're so fucking bored of that you just can't deal with it anymore? Fuck. I mean, number one, no question about it. None. Mashed potatoes and gravy. Like as a favorite? Oh god, yeah. Okay. All right. Um do you have a specific gravy? I mean, this is we got to get to it. How are the mashed I'm, potatoes I'm, done and 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 what is the gravy? I'm a simple guy. Right. So yeah, just mashed potatoes and of any any sort. I don't okay. care if they're skin on, skin off, lumpy, smooth. And then uh as long as the gravy is just not too runny. I, mm. I think, you know, like okay. if it if it doesn't stick to the potatoes a little thick? bit. <sighs> Which is worse? I'd, I'd say runny. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Because then, okay. it, then it's just everywhere on your plate, which is sometimes a good thing. But then, you, you know, you're like you're... Sure. Yeah, it's... Uh, I want the viscosity then, to stick to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's runny, it just drips off. I think there's a proper viscosity to gravy. Uh, my mom missed the memo over these last <laughs> 69 years. She, she'll, put in, she'll put in a half fucking bag of flour when she's making gravy. And I'm like, stop. It's going to thicken. And then, of course, she's got the uh, gravy jello in the fridge the next morning. We're like, cool, I'll just take a chunk of that out. There you go. <laughs> nice. I mean, what's we... worse than that is not enough gravy. Like when, you, oh, when you're at like sure. a dinner party or yeah, something yeah. like that, and the they, and they have like the world's tiniest boat, and that's all that there is. And you're like, yeah. Oh, Why did you even you need... bother making it? No, and that's all you got. Get out of here. That's all you can eat. Gravy's all you can eat. If you want as much gravy as there are potatoes, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Plus, you need gravy for turkey because turkey's garbage. Nope. So you've got to get some gravy on there to make that bird taste like something. And I think on that worst one, I'd say, I mean, like when you get like some really good turkey, it's good. But other than that, it's, I, I could do without it. I could rather have ham or something. But mm-hmm. I'd say mm-hmm. the, the bottom of my list would be like that cranberry crap in a gelatinous can where oh, you know, it comes it. out and it's got like it looks like the inside of the can <laughs> it's you know, still it's got like, the ridges on the side yeah it's like a you know like a silicon mold of it I love that uh, shit and I don't know why <laughs> there's something about the way your teeth cut through it that yeah. I just fucking adore it makes it's me garbage. think of jello yeah oh yeah it's total trash but I'm unabashedly a fan of it I never have it like when I don't remember the last time I had it but there's something about that and I like the end pieces well, if I'm going to do it, no, 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 I'm with you on that. If I'm going to do it, yeah, I want like the end of the can. Slippery on one side, and then it's like uh, kind of like sand on the other side. And it's the got way texture. The way your teeth cut through it. I don't know what it is, but I like it. I don't think I've ever had an end slice. So you're saying it's better than the end of a loaf of bread, like a shitty loaf of bread. Oh, yeah, you got to get the end slice. Nice. Yeah, that's... Get the end slice and then get back to me. I will. Nice and... 
<laughs> Go back at me, son. <laughs> well, I guess Charles, uh, tip your cards, man. Where where do you sit on the the great holiday food extravaganza? So I'm on the record now saying turkey sucks. A beautifully cooked turkey still is not that great because turkey just is the bird that doesn't taste like anything. So you can gussy it up, put a bunch of flavors on it and stuff. It's never going to be as good as a duck. It's never going to be as good as a chicken. Right. Like it's nowhere near chicken. It's it's a stunted chicken flavor. (laughs) It yeah, turkey's bad. Deep fried turkey, don't care. Smoked turkey. Like I'm getting a so every year I try to escape having to roast a turkey and I'll roast a motherfucking turkey. I'll Mm -hmm. brine it. I'll make it taste perfect. It'll be juicy throughout. You know, I'll get subcutaneous rub butter all over it. I did one one year. I was like, "Fine, you're gonna make me do turkey." And that year, I butchered the turkey and I got the breasts and I wrapped them in bacon and then I did herb butter and cheese in the middle and roulotted it. And then I took the legs and cone feed them in duck fat. I was like, "I'm gonna make this taste good," but it's like a ton of work to not taste what the turkey tastes to make like, it which not is taste like nothing. Turkey. So, and this year I'm getting a, the animales smoked turkey just because i'm i don't want to deal with turkey you guys want turkey i'll get it maybe i'll make another protein what i'll say is when you originally told me about this question you said it was underrated and overrated i'm gonna go ahead and say that these two things can be both under and overrated those two things are fruitcake regular fruitcake and i'm not a sweets guy but fruitcake that you get from the store is fucking trash it's disgusting Correct. it's very sugary it's granular the little pieces in it are all hard you know yeah. like lose a tooth on them but if you get one from an actual baker of which very few around here uh create one it can be really good like rum soaked it's just like rum soaked uh pumpernickel bread in effect it's like this nice uh like a rye almost a rye bread or a pumpernickel that isn't terribly sweet, has booze in it, and then can be studded with like good pieces of dried fruit. That can be pretty good. I've had maybe three in my life that have been that good. That can be okay, comparatively, the contrast. The other thing is eggnog. People hate eggnog because they get shitty eggnog from the grocery store. But if you get a really good eggnog or you make a really good eggnog and you supplement that with some really good spirits... Like if you use Scalvin's bourbon or if you use uh, Sugar Bush from Vicre or something like that, it's going to be really satisfying, especially you make it nice and warm in a mug while you're doing ho- holiday stuff like making your shitty sweater if people still do that. Really good eggnog is actually very satisfying. That's one of my favorite hot drinks in the winter. Fuck um, out of here. Eggnog is <laughs> disgusting. I was just looking okay. at buying no, some. I, I was at <laughs> Cub the other day and they had a, you know, like mm. the, the, the huge display of eggnog and it's like. You know, and you're absolutely right. It's all trash. And I, I, but I'm I'm that garbage disposal where I'm like looking at it like God, do I buy some? I've got uh, I got a bottle of Cabin still at home. And uh, yeah, you know. look, I get Mom, it. Do you like custards? I, do you? Yes, like cust- but I've never. Why, how can't you like good eggnog? Because I've never been like I want to drink this. Like I don't. I I don't. I've never had a That's beverage and been drinkable. like I like this. But you know what I want is it? I want it thicker. I, this is not a thing. You, like, uh, don't you work in the beer industry? I do. All right. And I don't love like all the, <laughs> the squishy sours that are like viscous and look like you're pouring out a melted icy. I have, I have no interest in any of that. Stouts are good up until a point, but even the thickest Russian Imperial Stout has nothing on like the viscosity of eggnog. So you, you're a viscosity slut when it comes to gravy, yep. but not... Other liquids. Because I wouldn't drink a cup of gravy. I don't believe you. I would put gravy on a cup of food because I like the the mixture of the textures. Eggnog is just something I just 
don't get I, I've had incredible eggnog. I had Rob Jones from Meteor make me an Hell eggnog yeah. cocktail Ooh. that was good enough that I said I would retract all statements about eggnog for the rest of the day. I had a lot of his nog last I year. I will still never look for that. Do you like I, coquitos? Sure, I guess. Okay, similar thickness. Yeah, I don't. I but I would never crave one. Even oh. like pisco sours at some point get to a point yeah, where it's a like little that. little viscous for me. Like I just I don't. The idea that like we have to wait all this time and then that's what we're going to get hammered on. I I just don't. I have no interest in that. You mean making it? No, like actually like sitting around when we're already eating incredibly rich big food to then do rounds of that. Oh, I'm not going to drink that shit after dinner. Well, that's, I mean, that's where I always see it. Yeah. Holiday dinners. And then add on top of that fucking Tom and Jerry's like the closest I've ever gotten to being excited about a Tom and Jerry Mm -hmm. was when Nick Pascuzzi and I were talking about the possibility of being able to clarify one using the same methods that you would use for milk punch. Mm -hmm. And I still think we could pull that off because the flavors I understand Holiday spices, a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of spirit. Like, I get that. But I just can't wrap my head around Was something. Is this going to be your answer for sucks, eggnog? Yeah, sucks. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty good. Fucking get out of here. I got to work on that. <laughs> That's a good idea with some more science-y shit. Yeah, yeah. like, the, the, it's a pain in the ass to do it, but it's really rewarding when you could pull off all of those flavors in something that is at least translucent, if not clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll you come in and taste test get... if you centrifuge some eggnog. <laughs> yeah, I've, dude, I've, I've centrifuged. I had a uh, I had a friend bring in like a, I can't remember it was like a six pack or twelve pack of like shitty sausage gravy. Yeah, like, wow. okay. like a little little inside joke on on that that I won't get into. But uh, so I'm like, fuck, like I'm gonna I'm gonna try making like a clarified sausage gravy. And I mean, I I put that stuff in the centrifuge for so long. And I mean, like I, our centrifuge is heated and refrigerated. So I like mm. first like at room temp, it just would not separate at the slightest. Okay. So 3200 G is like. The only difference was the sausages went all the way to the bottom. I have but like such a science boner right now. There is, there is no like, there's no like, there's zero. There's not even like a little layer of oil at the top or the bottom. Like, like it was in there for like forty five minutes. So I, I put it in there for like four hours. Yeah, and Holy shit. I'm like, okay, like uh, this stuff was like like ultra homogenized. I'm mean, like, it was shitty yeah. sausage gravy. But like, so I added some uh, some yeah, enzymes to try and break it down. I, I added some. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can make like a, a sausage gravy infused bourbon. So I added some bourbon to it and like mixed it around. And I'm like, okay, now it'll, now it'll separate. Threw it back in the fuse and it still just like, it just absorbed all the bourbon and wouldn't like separate it out at all. It was complete failure in oh the middle God. of service. Oh, man. Whoa. Middle of service of the guys here are just. Uh, behind the bar, they're just fucking dying while I'm trying to center so fuse sausage gravy. No, no, not at all. It was a huge failure. Quam, I'm going to ask you one more time. Would you drink gravy? If we could figure out a way to fuse it, I'm saying, it yeah, is. absolutely, it would. This change, this change, we'll the clarify course. it. We'll <laughs> That's the thing. If we clarify it, like I, I am always there to Chris Farley my way through any science. Yep. I will be the guy who jumps on every possible experiment. I'm in it. I'm, I'm the test monkey for all of that. But yeah, that's. I don't know, man. It's just I, I want, I want something. If I'm going to have it as a beverage. I want it to be a little, at least a little bit like palate cleansing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, that's it because the holidays, I associate so much with big, rich foods. So my uh, absolute all-star every holiday is uh, going back to my grandmother. Uh, we have a wild rice stuffing, yes. quote-unquote, or wild rice dressing that we make. 
and it's it's as Minnesotan as it gets. It's um, it's cream and garlic and vegetables and bacon and wild rice, and it it bakes and it's when it comes out, it's like salty and savory, and all of the vegetables in there kind of create like a stock around it, and then you have this really like beautiful nuttiness from real wild rice in there, and I love that. But I will also say I will attach my caboose to it and say I am also a proponent of the shitty bag brownberry or box stovetop stuffing. Right. Like, yep. Totally you're different experiences. Me, again, you're giving me gelatinous carbs with a bunch of salt in it that I can use to moisten up a dry turkey breast or to <laughs> slutify some vegetables. Like – Stuffing on Thanksgiving and the Christmas time holidays is the best because it's a binder. It's a salted, glutinous binder for anything mm. else that I want. Holds on to so much gravy. Yeah, man. It's like it's like a it's like a viscous sentient version of MSG. It just adds umami onto whatever the fuck I'm eating. For sure. And I, I throw a little bit of stuff a little bit of stuffing in everything. Mirapaw casserole. Yeah. And I was I was vehemently only wild rice stuffing because that was how I had grown up. And then in college, I had stovetop for the first time, and I became that kid from the old commercials, like sure. trying to figure out how many Thanksgivings I could hit, where I'll have like a piece of turkey and then like a giant scoop of stuffing, and yeah, yeah or even just like shitty stuffing is or dressing yep. is that it's you know the white bread, mirepoix, mm-hmm. egg, chicken stock, and pretty light seasoning, salt, pepper, maybe some garlic is in there, celery, onions, and that, carrots. Yeah, that yep. just tastes I'll get down with it. That just tastes like thanksgiving yep because that's the stuffing my mom would make when i was a kid and it, it's funny uh, like my 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 brother tony who's disabled he he loves all of the like classic crappy tropes of thanksgiving and i cook thanksgiving every year and he really enjoys the highfalutin shit that i prepare but i know there's a part of him who's like I wish you would have just done that white bread stuffing, man. <laughs> yep, why do you yes. got well, to make your own cornbread and then add oysters and mushrooms? And like, I kind of just wanted the shitty stuff. <laughs> I uh, I had to I had to learn to eat shit one one year because I did side by side because I wanted to prove that like if you actually put the effort in, people will pick the better food. Mm-hmm. And it was completely even. I did same thing as sure. you. I did cornbread, oysters. Like I worked my ass off on that, and then I literally did a pan of out of the red box stovetop side by side. And when we were picking up at the end of the night, it was within a spoonful of each other. That hurts. Like yeah, it does. put into it. Yeah. I think it also, it, it harkens to that people have their traditions that they like. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, part of the reason that turkeys, I think just keep getting purchased for Thanksgiving is people want a little bit of normalcy. They want a mm-hmm. ritual. They want a thing. And I feel like sometimes it's nice to just have that every year where, you know, like that's like has your family always been like a turkey on oh yeah turkey and ham and you know your basic mashed potatoes i mean you know norwegian german you know small town minnesotan you know black pepper is spicy (laughs) um but yeah it's it's exactly like that it's you know like mac if you were to put two bowls of mac and cheese in front of me one like just basic craft mac and cheese you know and like made with like the way i grew up made with margarine and not butter and just like so extra shitty or like nice restaurant like baked in a pan and it's got like a crust on top 
I can't tell you which one I'd, I'd, I'd take a bite of first right <laughs> now. I'd like, go to both of them. That's, oh, yeah. yeah that, that's pretty common. Memories, I, memories are the most delicious thing. Yeah. You know? Can I dig a little farther into it since you and I have similar heritage, Tyson? Yep. Uh, what, did you have um, like a run with desserts? Like, Did your family do like the krumkaka yep. or rosettas or any of that? They did like some of the krumkaka uh, or whatever it's called. Um, I never got too much into it and like lefsa and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm just at the the generation where most of that shit was lost. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, I, I'm, I'm not cool with except for Ludafisk. I'm, I'm cool with that going away. Um, but everyone uh, <laughs> that I know shouts out to all of our friends and listeners in Norway. Uh, we all know here that you make fun of us for still keeping that tradition going on. Yep. <laughs> like they're like, wait, you guys still eat that? Like, yeah, because the grandparents or the great grandparents moved here mm-hmm. when you were still eating it there and then they kept it going. And basically, as soon as they had the chance to over there, they were like, all right, we're good. We're exactly. <laughs> and, and like, you know, like Akavit came up, came, you know, came back with like a, a vengeance a few years ago, thanks to, you know, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of Midwestern distillers too. Um, but also but you. Yeah. I mean, we're part of it. And, and uh, but like Lutefisk didn't go away because there was no prohibition against Lutefisk, <laughs> Lutefisk, even though there should have been. Yeah. Oh man, we're getting into that. It's uh <laughs> well, hold on we'll, we'll talk about that in a second yeah um but like yeah lutefisk didn't have prohibition it definitely should have uh Akavit's, you know pretty good even though I, when i first tried it i thought it was just absolutely wretched uh which is in norway by the way and uh yeah like i, th- I think at our at our generation at least mine you, you start feeling like this real disconnect you know like none of my relatives as far as i know spoke norwegian or german um you know, maybe their maybe their grandparent did, and that's it. And but they were long gone, but before I I came around, um, you know, I'm like, like who am I? And it's what I kind of you know started up this place, and with the Norwegian heritage, I, I really felt a good connection with that when I went there in 2011 with the army, and and really like, shit, man, this is my, it's where my people are from. Mm-hmm. Like, this is wild, um, and. Uh, and realizing like, I don't know anything about them. And I was hoping that the company would kind of connect me more with it. And then yeah. I just got too busy running a company. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and hopefully someday I get get the, the time to travel there again because it's beautiful country and the people are awesome and the food is awesome. Uh, everything's super expensive. But, uh, <laughs> That's very true. I remember I uh, Really short story. So I was there with the army, and we spent two weeks there. And uh, first week we spent skiing up a mountain, um, digging like snow shelters and stuff at night. And at the top of the mountain, we dug ice caves, which is miserable. Uh, and then it took like half a day to ski down. Amazing how gravity works. But uh, I got super hungry. All we were eating these frozen sandwiches, and I mean like like caloric sandwiches, like heavy rye bread, goat cheese, just MRE mayonnaise, and like meat, no lettuce, no tomato, like nothing that's like extra weight. Why would you carry that? Right. You're just eating these frozen sandwiches day in, day out, except for one day where we slaughtered a reindeer on the side of the mountain, which was super tasty, like really. Yeah. Um, and went down into town, and I'm like, man, I'm just hungry for anything. And the first thing that I saw was a McDonald's, and I'm like, normally I do not, I don't do chains when I travel, and like I just need greasy you know, something. And I went into a McDonald's and I did the conversion on what like a Big Mac would cost in U S <laughs> dollars. It's like 20 fucking bucks. I'm like, Nope, I will go be poor somewhere else. And, uh, 
but it's made with local beef there because yeah. it's law there that you have to have local beef and you have to say on the sign where your beef is from or where your meat is from. Mm-hmm. So it is wild because even McDonald's has like legitimately quality and hamburgers and good wages and like benefits and you know, they get the McDonald's <laughs> worker gets like a month off yeah. a year for vacation and that I could respect. It's two oh months God, of maternity yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah, everything. It's it's uh, it's. I feel the same way that you do, and I, I wanted to throw that question out because this is the first year that I am trying to. I'm trying to reconnect traditions, not with my generations before me, but with the old country. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm I'm making ribe for the first time. Yes. All right. Yeah, so, you mentioned that yeah. uh, two episodes ago. Yep. I had so, that in Norway. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And I, I went to Ingebretsen's on East Lake Street in Minneapolis. No, the... The new episode, Juno's, uh, yep. Juno's episode. And they, uh, they have the cuts waiting, and I'm so oh, pumped nice. because uh, they actually do it the proper way. So the bones are still in, mm-hmm. and then they'll uh, literally take the hacksaw, and they'll saw through the bones in two channels. And then um, you basically fill the channels with, like, butter, dill, uh, juniper berries, garlic, and a little bit of cream cheese. Just let all of that in there. Mm. Smash that. And then okay. you um, fill the pan with boiling water. Put it over the top. Bake it like that. And then you pull the foil off. And you let the skin crisp at like 450. And I'm, I'm so pumped because when I talk to my friends, like they, they make fun of us for eating lutefisk. And they're like, just make a rib. Like it's fucking it's- pork belly and pork ribs. Like. Go for that. It's going to be amazing. It was so good. I remember, like, that was one of my vivid memories. I was in Norway with our host family, uh, uh, Lassie and Elibiti. I was uh, the, the uh, mother and father's names. And, and uh, you know, we drank, I mean, a shitload of Akavit. And I remember we had uh, the Riba, uh, or however it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like, you know, it's, it's cooking for, I can't remember how long. And then it's like, okay, yeah, you pull, pull the foil off. And then it's like, your, your face is next to the oven window mm-hmm. like a little kid, and you're, like, waiting till it, like, bubbles up just perfectly. And, you know, you pull it out too soon, those, you know, those, the bubbly skin will, will be, like, soggy. And you got to wait until it's, like, crackles. crispy like a potato chip. And, yep. it was, and having that paired with Akavit was, like, <laughs> I think after, like, a couple of weeks of drinking Akavit, that was my, like, moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I might be able to get down with Akavit. And it was oh, it was so good. I, I, I'm excited for you to make it. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I think that'll be kind of my like. Okay, now let's let's figure it out. Like we're going to make my uh, grandmother's Swedish meatballs, and we're going to have lefsa, and we're going to do like a bunch of that stuff. But I like that we're bringing in not a thing like an anchor that we had. We felt like like Ludafesk. You feel like you have to mm-hmm. do as a tribute to the old people, even though literally nobody likes it. Instead of doing that, let's do something that everybody's going to love. That is very traditional. That maybe we've forgotten about, or maybe we've lost a little bit. So I'm I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped for you. It's uh, I'm I'm honestly super excited because I haven't had it since, and I've told people all the time about it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what do we What do we have in this class? Yeah, what's up to bat here? Uh, so sometimes, like I said, I I, I I tend to just do shit, and especially like when I'm in Cambodia and I see a bottle of rum that's a buck fifty. And it actually smells pretty good. And I, I asked the uh, person at the register, I'm like, you know, price one dollar fifty. You know, like yeah, one one fifty. I'm like, okay. And like, there's no tax. Uh, and uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a bottle of uh, it says white wine rum. Um, and uh, talk is good when wine is fine. Uh, and then uh, 
extracted from sugar cane and uh, you know just bad translation but yeah buck 50 for this bottle and you can tell i've hardly drank any of it you know, kind of for a reason but well let's let's empty a little bit of this bottle off it, here. Talk, talk is good when wine is fine yeah something like that yeah <laughs> i fucking love talk it talk is good when yeah. wine is fine cheers hey, cheers guys Cheers, Lucky Cat alarm clock. Yeah, that was bonging. Oh no, that's the regulator's clock. That's just the Lucky Cat always waving. Good luck, regulators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell that that is Bing cheap. Bong. Mm-hmm. That's honestly that's that's confusing. That's better than a lot of cheap rums that I've had uh, around the world. You can tell it's cheaply made. Yeah, it's uh, it's not off-putting. This is not good. I <laughs> I almost feel like it's more of a rice spirit. It's been a long time since yeah. I tried it. Um, but I remember I, I stuck my alcohol meter in there. I think it said it was like 35%. It was like, yeah, 35% yeah, volume it's very alcohol. And it's, tasting. it's like, funny little it's like, it's like 25% end. alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Rest third world sugar stuff. There's, no, yeah. there's zero regulation. Like, yeah. I, I think I found that in the candy sweet. aisle of the, the, the convenience right. store. Yeah, yeah, it was very sweet. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Let's move it along. Ooh. <laughs> Let's move it along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyson, question number two. <laughs> oh, shit. Have you ever been judged harshly for your love of cats? How did you navigate this unacceptable transgression? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> fucking love cats. I think that's how you and I first started uh, talking is, like, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, you post, like, on your story, like, one of your cats or something like that. I just wrote back, like, psst, 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 psst. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I just don't, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, like, if... I mean, just with everything, like, if you like something, just do it. And, uh, like, I would like a dog someday, but I, I don't have time for a dog. I don't have the patience for a dog. Like, I mean, I love dogs. I'd love to have something, like, big dog I can wrestle with or just, like, a tiny little dog that people make fun of me for. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. care, but, like, cats are... Isn't that what a cat is? A tiny little dog that people make fun of you for? Yeah, like, and, and uh, <laughs> I, just, I just love the, the damn little things. They got so much attitude and... <laughs> Like, so much personality. Some of them just ferociously hate people and, like, just everything. And there's something beautiful about that, too. Uh, some of them are just, like, super lovey. And it's, uh, you know, like, yeah, I've been made fun of for liking cats. But, like, well, fuck you. You know, like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know how you respond. Um, that's, you know, yeah, like. That's the appropriate response. You want me to, like, yeah. make fun of, like, you know, fun of you for whatever you like? You like. You know, it's like, you know, what's no, your favorite color? People just want to, if it's pink or people whatever. People just want to make fun of the things that they don't like. Exactly. And they want everyone else to make fun of the same things. And, like, <laughs> I heard a, a comedian, uh, I was actually friends with the guy a long time ago. We had a falling out. But Pete Lee, uh, he had a, a, oh, yeah. a bit on uh, cats versus dog people. And, and he's like, you know, like, dog people are supposed to be, like, all this masculine. Like, oh, I got a dog. And, like, you know, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, you who loves puppy kids? Oh, you got a cat, you know, like, you know, you know, go back to their dog. Who's a good boy? You know, when you got a cat, you're just like, you sit there and like, yeah, just pet it. And like cat walks away. It doesn't need you. You know, you want to go on vacation as long as, you know, until they get elderly and super needy. But like, you know, you just leave it a mountain of food and a bunch of water. And I don't care. Um, Like there's, there's something like, you know, and I, uh, I know it's 2021 and like, you know, there's this type of like, you know, thinking is going on, but there's something like, you know, more like kind of macho about that of like that, that I don't need to be, you know, taken care of. And it's just this like thing that's kind of like, I'm good. And yeah, they're self-sufficient. Yeah. And and like they, they can fall off something like super high and, you know, dog can't do that. Like, you know, like, 
you know, little cattle go beat the shit out of the biggest dog and, you know, send that thing running sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, like a mountain lion can drag a deer up a tree or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's fucking badass. It is badass. And I love it. And like, yeah, just the different attitudes of cats, but they're all kind of the same. Yes. But I do love dogs. Yeah, we've talked about that on the yeah. pod, too, how cats have yeah. such, like, disparate personalities. And you don't know what you're going to get when they're a kitten. Then they grow up to be very different cats. Some people end up with a sheepish cat, which bums me out when someone's got a cat that you never meet because mm-hmm. they just hide all the time. I'm like, oh, like, that's a bummer. Yeah. Because I've always had highly social cats, which is exactly what I'm Same looking here. for. There's another comedy bit. I don't remember the comic, but he essentially says that dog people will mercilessly bash people who have cats, but cat people like dogs too. Mm-hmm. If you're a cat person, you're like, oh yeah, I love dogs. But if you're a dog, like if you, if you identify as a dog person, you don't like cats or people that own cats, which is kind of an unusual dynamic. Doesn't surprise me, honestly. Like, it's, <clears throat> so I was a dog person most of my life Yes, because I uh, grew up allergic to cats mm-hmm. and I didn't have one. Uh, we we apparently had one before I have memory of it, but even as like an infant, my allergies were so bad, uh, our parents gave it away. So for me, it was just, oh, well, dogs are awesome because, again, like like you said, you can wrestle with them. You can have fun. There's always some sort of interactive game that's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, you had a medical reason Yeah, a yeah, time. Yeah, but that, that, that transferred. And the, the funny part was uh, my first time becoming a cat person was when I met my now wife and she had two cats and I had to learn to figure them out, try to get them to like me and also figure out like my allergy shit. Mm -hmm. So I did a a slowly descending amount of Benadryl every time I went over there. And I had also grown out of some of the allergies and just hadn't realized it because I wasn't around them. So I kind of started getting know them and it's funny because the same reasons that I fell in love with my wife are the reasons that I kind of dig cats now. Like they don't need me, mm-hmm. but sometimes they choose to be around me, which is kind of cool. Yep. Uh, Judith passed away, but Harold is still uh, with us and awesome. And Harold and I have gotten really tight and like, Hey, you know what? Sometimes he just wants to like cuddle when I'm on the couch. But then if I'm like doing shit, sometimes he wants to have nothing to do with me. He's just got his own thing. But no matter what, I know he shows his affection. I kind of dig it. I spend most of my time trying to find ways that my dog might die. Like, my dog constantly is putting herself in perilous situations. Like, she will eat anything that she finds. electric cords. Yeah, like, whatever. Like, uh, we we live a few blocks away from a Cub Foods that has chicken wings on special all the time. All of the high school kids in our neighborhood walk around eating chicken wings and just toss the bones on the street or in people's yards. Millie will try and swallow every single one of those bones constantly. Harold, I can pour a dish of food for, and not only will he, like, judiciously eat as he goes throughout his day, but he'll never, like eat anything else mm-hmm. that might kill him like it's it's like having a cool roommate yeah like you hang out with him yeah, every now and to, then you, you very seldom have to worry about yeah, a cat but you getting also, in danger like, yeah you also like go your own ways you don't have to wonder every 10 seconds i haven't heard from him Is that overly needy like <laughs> he died you know? Where if I haven't heard from, if I don't know where Millie is and I haven't heard her do anything in 15 minutes, I have to run to figure out, like, did she eat anything and die? Mm-hmm. 
So it's almost like for me, it's like the level of maturity. What like the dog I, doing? I finally got grown up enough to appreciate the level of maturity that a cat brings, which is also yes. happens at the exact same time as me possibly being mature enough to be like a good husband to my wife. Like any year you before that, like a cat. any year before that, I'm not making that work. Yep. But I finally figured out where I needed to be as a human to both accept the independence of cats and appreciate the love, but also like be kind of a good husband. Okay. So has anyone made fun of you for being a cat lover? All of the people that okay. grew up with me that heard <laughs> me talk shit about it, cats. Right? They, they just can't fathom that you would. Yeah. Cause be I go to like lover. in high school, I go to somebody's house and their cat would, cause if you're allergic to cats, cats will jump on you. Mm-hmm. It's like a magnet sure. thing. Right. And I would be like, Oh my God, can you keep your fucking cat off me? Because my eyes are going to swell up. I'm going to start sneezing and then I'm going to be <laughs> miserable and it sucks. And that is a, for anybody that doesn't have severe allergies, that is the fucking worst. Like when you're trying to concentrate on hanging out with somebody and all you can think is, I would rather pull my eyeballs out of my head than have to keep itching them this hard. Like, that sucks. This cat might kill me. Yeah. But because of that, then, I would just be like, fuck cats. Like, these things are trying to kill me mm-hmm. at all times. Sure. Therefore, fuck them. And now I'm like, actually, like, cats are pretty cool. And my friend's like, who are you? Like, you wouldn't let our family cat get near us. Yeah. You told me you were going to throw a shoe at the cat <laughs> because it won't stop coming at you. And now you're posing on Instagram with said cat. I get it. But we all, we A, we all grow up. Yep. B, we all grow out of some allergies. And C, we all learn to appreciate things that maybe we didn't like before. That's right. You got to be open to drinking eggnog and liking cats. I'm not going to drink your fucking eggnog, Charles. <laughs> you can have all of it. Well, if we clarify it. I came around here. I came around in the time of this podcast on Dirty Martinis. I feel like that's, oh. that's a pretty solid step. So wow. uh, we'll leave eggnog to just fuck off. I mean, I didn't know you didn't used to like Dirty Martinis. I don't I love have, olives. I would have thought of you very differently. Okay, I, I know a lot of people who don't like olives. What I about a Gibson? I, well, a Gibson is supposed to be a non-alcoholic cocktail, so I think it's a bullshit cocktail well, to start. it's still a cocktail. Yep. But there's no if you supplant that olive with the cocktail onion, do you like that more? What, here's the thing. I, a, if you have a quality onion, cocktail onion, or a quality olive, I had never had mm. a good one before. Okay. I'd only had from like the giant gallon of questionably gray or green yep. olives that mm. every bar had forever. I'll eat a fist full of Yeah, I can't. Yeah, exactly. They're all, they're like bad apples where you're mm-hmm. just like, mm, I'll eat the worst olive on earth. I don't care as yeah, long as it's not rancid. As long as it doesn't have blue cheese. What's that? As long as it doesn't have blue cheese. Oh, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That, yeah. I want to eat an olive, not blue cheese. If I wanted blue cheese, yes. I'd eat blue cheese. But what I, what I didn't realize was when you actually um, had like quality olives, how good the brine was. And then that became a thing where I, I enjoy the juice. I don't, I don't need to eat the fruit. Like, I okay, don't. so you will order them and then just not eat the olive because yep. you don't like all. Do so you don't like eating any olives. Correct. I, okay. I will like on a pizza or in a in a, a tapenade or in a dish yeah, if okay. it's an ingredient. Like okay, That's fair. got it. I don't prefer it on pizza because I feel like it takes over the flavor, hmm. and especially with green olives, uh, I I burp that back the way that some people do with like garlic or onions. Like if I have green olives on a pizza, my burps will smell like green olives for the next five hours. Okay. So I also have to like weigh that mm-hmm. out. But um, probably my favorite vegetable topping on a pizza is green olives. Yeah, that's uh, my my father's the same way. Um, Saturday night, uh, we went to a very beautiful restaurant in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, called uh, Meritage, and we ate our faces off. And uh, I got a dirty gin martini 
And I simply, like, when it arrived, I took a sip. It was very bright and briny. I handed the olives to my good friend Laura. And I said, enjoy these. <laughs> I will have the cocktail. Fair. I don't need I, I want to be your portion. good friend. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, yeah, so my answer, yeah. and I may have mentioned this on a previous episode. This is episode 39 now. But uh, Marnie, when she and I, we, we met on the Internet. We were passing back and forth the things that we loved in common. Uh, what she, I, I don't remember who added who, but she, her profile said that she loves summers on the Mediterranean. And that was the first thing that drew me to <laughs> feel like I wanted to connect with her. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that. Uh, I think we had a long discussion about Tony Danza for some reason. Uh, <laughs> What's he up to? Uh, I don't you, know. Did somebody say Angela or Jonathan <laughs> I'm or Samantha? I'm certain of that. We were passing memes to each other. We had a lot of dad jokes. The other thing is I, I love dad jokes and, and puns. And so we were doing a lot of that, passing puns back and forth and, and dad jokes. And then so we were just getting on. I love we you guys so much. On. We were getting on so well. And then uh, I remarked to her, yeah, I got a cat. And the conversation flatlines. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was very, that O oh was, you're one of those guys, huh? You know what I mean? It was a O. Oh. Yes. Oh, are we, are we seeing Looking what he's good, up to these days? Kind of. I kind of like the hair flow. I had to Google Tony Danza 2021. Yeah, oh, his locks are looking yeah. silky. So that is the person that uh, I would say in the last... I can't think of anyone else that <laughs> big time to me about my love of cats. <laughs> Your wife prior to that, because everyone oh. who knows me knows how much I love cats. I grew yeah. up with cats. We probably mentioned this, and you know, you told the whole story about uh, Jenny's cats. Yeah. I grew up in a household where my mom was terrified of dogs, so that was never an option for yeah. us. And so I grew to love cats dearly, and still to this day, even though I have a dog now. But that was Marnie besmirched me. Because of the so cat. Great. But I just tiptoed around it. It was, you know, let's not talk about that anymore. But as we <laughs> dug deeper into it, she was like, I guess I just figure the type of guy that has a cat is like a, just that that's a kind of guy. That guy's got a cat. So he's like this type of individual. But she, and also she's not a, she didn't like cats. She had a cat when she was a baby that apparently tried to attack her and her family got rid of it or something. <laughs> Likely story, right? I, I have no misunderstood idea. cat. Totally. So she was, she said she didn't have a lot of experience with cats. She and Lucky are not the best of friends, but it's the only cat. And she tells him all the time, you're the only cat I've ever loved. That's the hey, Lucky. Don't you? And she's petting him and he's purring and headbutting her and stuff. She, she always says that to him. You're the only cat I've ever loved. <laughs> That's all you need. It's yeah. just a little bit of acceptance. Yeah. Uh, can we can we a side story about Tony Danza for a hot minute? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. we, as long as this we get back to cats. like number 11. Let's just yeah. keep track. As long as we, we get have, back to cats. We will so, do the Tony Danza, but let's keep track of transgressions. That's fine. I, I just, I, I, anytime Tony Danza comes up, I have to tell the story. <laughs> okay. I was in well, Vegas. I this. We had a whole crew of people. We were all in Vegas. We rented a cabana at, um, I think we were at Pure. or No, that was the nightclub. Whatever the fucking hotel is. We rented a cabana, and directly across from us was Tony Danza. And we're all drinking beers. And then fucking Tony Danza orders one of those giant like yard glass, yes. like bright red Big, margaritas. Tropical drink. Him and I would get along. And the, the server came back up. He's and, the kind of guy anyone would get along with. Yeah, and my buddy Trevor and I. He probably likes cats. We're like staring at so. Tony Danza crushing this like <laughs> giant bright red daiquiri margarita thing. Was he just pounding it or? <laughs> he's just he's just. <laughs> oh, shit. And uh, and so we both ordered one. We're like, whatever that is, we we need it. And and the the server walks away. She's grabbing beers for everybody 
else. And the server walked away and our friends were like, wait, what did you guys just order? We're like, that fucking thing. And they were like, the giant bright red, like fruity slushy drink. We're like, yeah. Hell yeah. And Trevor, without missing a beat, goes, if it's good enough for Danza, it's good enough for me. Yes. So we started cheersing him and everything that he ordered, we would order and then we would cheers. <laughs> and I mean, we got, this is a daytime pool party and we were already shampoo affecting pretty hard. So uh, the buzz was back in a heartbeat. And uh, at one point we were like, well, we, we have to go to dinner and shit. So let's all go up, shower off, figure stuff out. So everybody went up in one group and we were paying the tab. And so at the very end of it, it's Trevor and I who had been <laughs> cheersing Danza the whole time. And we get in the elevator. And as the elevator doors are closing, fucking Tony Danza in a robe comes walking up. And I just stuck my hand and I'm like, whoa. Yep. And uh, he, he goes, going up or going down? And I'm like, uh, we're going up. Going wherever you're he, going, pal. He leans back and he <laughs> looks down the hall and he goes, are we going up or are we going down? And you just hear this voice from down the hall go, uh, Mr. Danza, we're going down. And he looks at us, and as the doors are closing, he goes, I'm always going down. And the door shuts. <laughs> and that was it. That was, that, was, uh, that was our moment with Tony Danza. was just in a full bathrobe, looking at us, smiling, going. Some chest hair popping out. And <laughs> just, I'm always going down. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Done. <laughs> like, we laughed the entire way up. We left the whole way back to the hotel room, and that became the catchphrase. And on his birthday, I sent him a Tony Danza meme. That's all it is. That's just it's him saying, "I'm always going down." I'm always going down. Love it. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta pay respect to the guy for uh, drinking like the the big shitty margaritas. Like, Dude. I, I, my my two favorite cocktails in this entire world are. Uh, just a, a Jack and Coke, and it's got to be with like the, the the ice maker ice. It can't be with like you know like the nice ice cube, like the, and, the fish scale ice cubes. Just yeah, that just, immediately turn to water. Just garbage ice, yep. and <clears throat> that's that's got to be what it's made with, or a Miami Vice. You know, half uh, strawberry daiquiri, half yep. pina colada, and like that just screams vacation. Yep, like tomorrow morning is going to be rough. We're in Vegas. But I'm in. Yep. All in. <laughs> to my to my wife's disgust, uh, there's a cocktail bar in Fort Myers Beach where her parents' place is called the Lonnie Kai. And on their rooftop, you can get a Miami Vice with a shot of 151 on top. And it's disgusting. <laughs> it's so gross that they have a picture of it on the menu so people can see it and order it. Because that looks cool. I have to get one every time. They're absolutely delicious. <laughs> uh, speaking of delicious... <laughs> Yeah, and the opposite of a Miami Vice. <laughs> what, what, so what do we got? We've got the, uh, this is actually probably the most expensive bottle in my alcohol collection, and I, that means I don't have a lot of expensive stuff, which surprises people. But this is the Yamazaki uh, 12, uh, 12 year mm-hmm. Japanese whiskey. Um, yeah, Japanese whiskey, it's, it's, if, if, if people aren't sim- uh, familiar with it, it's, it's very similar to scotch. It's just obviously made in Japan. Um, it's just something to it, and it's, it's really delicious. Uh, it's it's gotten to be hard to find here in the states just because like it's just overvalued. People like go out and buy all the expensive stuff, and it's even hard to find in Japan because all the American tourists go and like try raiding all these liquor stores, and so a lot of the liquor stores like you, you can get Hibiki like twenty one and thirty mm-hmm. in Japan. You just can't be an American and walk into a liquor store and get it. Like um, basically like any any half decent bar has that and it's surprisingly not that expensive um 
but it's uh, you know the twelve is about as old as we can find here if you're not filthy rich, and it's just good. Um, Charles, would you have any interest in calling an audible and switching question four for question three, giving what we're having? Not at all. Hope it gets back into cats. Take a shot. (laughs) Cheers. I mean, I don't know if this is a shot, but let's let's drink this. Yeah, a little sip around this one. I'm gonna have a sip. Love it. I'm so glad my sense of taste and smell came back, mostly from COVID. I was prepared to just drink pure garbage all day today. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we recorded last week, you still would have had no sense of taste or smell. So yeah, yeah, I, could I, couldn't tell, I couldn't anything. tell the difference between bourbon and vodka. I drank a, uh, a stout. Uh, uh, we split one on, uh, I think, Friday night at Shift, and I, I was like, this could be Budweiser. Wow. It was so weird. That's fascinating and heartbreaking. All it's like a whole, whole other level of satisfaction with a yeah. beverage like this is the fact that you can taste oh, it. Oh, yeah. And like, the, I mean, out of all my senses, I'd much rather lose smell and taste and other than like, it, it very much impeded work. But, you know, like, still have my sight and my yeah, hearing. So to I mean, exist I was, as a human, I totally agree Exactly. With so I was kind of fine with it. <laughs> but I figure with, with what we're having, I've, I felt like this question you're, may be you're, more apropos. You're on point with that. Absolutely. So question number three. We all have a great deal of love for Japan's cultural, aesthetic, and culinary contributions to the world as we know it. Describe what you love so much about it or something Jap- the Japanese do so much better than the rest of us. I hate to answer this because I'm just going to sound like some type of Japanese fanboy, which I, That's I okay. definitely have become. I didn't know. I mean, full disclosure, I knew Japan existed. Um Growing up, I was a huge World War II uh, nut, and so obviously I, I knew, you know, a, about Japan and, and Hiroshima and Nagasaki, um, and just kind of Japan in general. It had always been on my, maybe in my top ten list of places to go, but never high enough to actually check off. Um, I think the most that I knew about Japan was watching Big Bird goes to Japan. Um, <laughs> I'm not shitting you. Um, you know, and like it, it, it looked very different. Um, uh, my wife Mary and I, we went to Cambodia with her family in 2015. That's where her family's from. Um, and in Cambodia, it was very like, and I'm, I'm getting to Japan on this. It was a very like lawless, uh, closest thing to anarchy you can get. Um, you know, theft is is huge. I, I think I at least knowingly felt uh, hands reach into my pockets at least two or three times. Um, you know, and I, I like taking pictures, um, you know, hobbyist photographer, so I've always got my camera with me and constantly being worried about that being snatched and all that. And so when I was researching Japan, uh, I was you know, looking up like, okay, what's like, you know, cause like I said, I didn't know anything about it. And we just went there on a whim. And what I found is that like people on all these photography forums were like, oh, like, yeah, I left my bag full of, like, you know, $20,000 in camera gear sitting on a park bench, and the next morning it was still there, except someone, like, zipped it up for me, or it was, like, at the local police station, or I left it on a packed subway, and it was just, it was either still on that exact same car where I left it, or at, like, the local police place with everything, and sort of, like, what the hell, like, a country without crime? And, uh, it's, uh, 
you know, I, I didn't know much about like the cocktail scene or hospitality or, or you know, we watched a couple of movies and I rewatched Big Bird Goes to Japan. Um, <laughs> I did. And, uh, um, you know, he's, he's trying to chew on like the plastics. He's pointing at the, you know, I want that one, that exact one. And like, uh, you know, they're trying to tell him it's like just the, the display food, which yeah. is like very real looking. Yeah. And he's like, you know, trying to chew on the chicken wing and it's all plastic. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I get off the, the airplane and into uh, Tokyo and I remember just like once we cleared customs and I go to pick up my bag and here in America like everyone like I mean it's it's like a, a like fight club trying to get your bag from the conveyor like right. everyone's standing like super close and right a jockey for position yeah and hell yeah but like the first thing I noticed <laughs> was that like everyone's standing like you know six to eight feet back from the conveyor so there's more space and everyone can like you know, reach in and grab Step their in bag, and, grab their stuff. Yeah. and then the bags start coming off, and they're. It looked exactly like I, w- I would assume most of the listeners are familiar. With, you know, our locals and listen. You know, been to MSP where you, you, the conveyor system looks the exact same. Where it, it comes down off it, and you know, it hits the side of it, then goes around the conveyor. Right. But instead of that, as it comes off the, you know, the the conveyor from up above onto the the stainless steel rotisserie. They've got an employee standing there to catch the bags just to make sure they don't, that it's just like a graceful setting it there. That's amazing. And I was like, wow. And then just, just nonstop hospitality. And there's Japan is a no tipping society. Um, Like tipping is disrespectful, not only to the employee, but also to their employer. Um, And, but that hospitality still exists and exists like for the most part, I don't care what restaurant, where you're going, the hospitality is like just the best that you could have and that they're not expecting any tip with it, which I, I greatly appreciate. And the cleanliness of everything, like walking around Tokyo in, in the morning, like when I go on vacation, I I don't sleep. I'll, be up until four in the morning and wake up at like six and then just like leave the hotel and Mary and I will put on 10,000 steps before 9 a.m. And you're watching people that have like cleaned the shop, clean the outside of their shop. And they're to the point where I am not exaggerating in the slightest bit. They're out there with the lint roller on their entry mat on the outside of their shop. Um, you know, the, the garbage man has like a very polished and clean truck and his uniform is pressed, his gloves are, you know, they're a little bit dirty, but they're still white gloves. And I mean, obviously some of that is, is to like a detriment where, you know, I mean, there's definitely a, a strain on the employees to like have this image and to not have the, the dirty garbage truck and all that, but just, yeah, just, it's just an incredible, incredible, yeah. like life for me at least, life-changing experience, and all I want to do is go back, and they've been closed off to tourism since COVID began, and it appears that they're probably going to be closed off into 2022, and it's like... Yeah, definitely. All I want to do is go back. I want to take some of my employees back so they can see it, and and so we can at least partially emulate the way things are done over there, and they can see that, you know, it's just, it's life-changing. Yeah, I can see some of the effects here, like the way that you do service and the vibe in here, it feels yeah. very, um, I don't want to say authentic to that, but it feels like there are, uh, there's impressions of, yeah. of that. We're, we're definitely not a, a Japanese bar and we, sure. we never, we never will be, uh, right. I'd love it if we could be, but I know it's just, it's impossible. Um, 
but uh, you know, we're, we're, we've definitely drawn a lot of inspiration yeah, from certainly. that. Certainly. Uh, yeah. I, I think I've gone away from the question, which I've almost kind of forgotten, just because I no, I mean, you answered Japan. it nine times, yeah. so technically you really it. answered it. It's it's <laughs> everything is almost everything is just incredible. I'm sure once I live there, which I is, is life goal is to figure out a way to live there for at least a few years. I'm, I'm sure there will be some things that uh, I won't like about it. Um, Certainly, but I mean, either you two been? I had a trip canceled during. COVID. Oh no! So. so you will like one of the worst experiences is just like I love America. Like you know, I spent 13 years in the military here. I'm just a blue collar dude. Like I love our country. It's got a lot of problems, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And you, like you're in Japan, you're in this like fantasy land where you're like you know Tokyo, where there's like 16 million people there. And you, you don't have to worry about getting robbed or jumped or any of this stuff. Like it's like you being an American, you're the highest risk for crime, you know? Um, (laughs) Right. And then you, then you come back here and like, you just get into the airport and you're like, really? Like, really? Like, please take me back. (laughs) Yeah. Is that thunk? The second you arrive. Oh God, it's, and that's what I that's what I absolutely love and appreciate about about that place and dig it. Yeah, it's love it. Uh, Quam, what is, what is, what about you? What is your appreciation for Japanese culture? So uh, I had a, a, a very wonderful uh, girlfriend at the end of my college experience, mm. whose roommate. Uh, was Japanese. Her mom was a female chef, which mm-hmm. uh, when she was a kid would have been unheard of and had pushed her way in. Um, and that was kind of the start of me trying to learn a little bit more about actual Japanese culture, not just like history and what we, you know, we learn in bullshit history books. And I think the thing that has always stuck with me is, um, and I, you know, I don't know, this might be like the smart kid that got made fun of here and there throughout school, but like, I love the fact that it's a noble pursuit if you are working on mastery of a craft Mm -hmm. to acquire knowledge where I feel like we have created, whether it's like our national identity or just a trend in who we are as Americans right now, but like we're a Yelp culture where you may never have worked in a restaurant or have even understood how a restaurant works, but you can write a paragraph blankly on the internet and you might cost somebody their career. Yeah, absolutely. There's no understanding of like what it takes to get there. Or I've used this example before, but uh, we have a wonderful Italian restaurant in the Twin Cities called Moochie's. And uh, the red sauce there is based on one of the owner's grandmother's sauces. And the first negative review they got was this tastes nothing like my grandmother's sauce. This place is bullshit. One star. And the idea that somebody here would think that because somebody else had a grandmother who made something, but it wasn't the way that their grandmother did. Therefore I want to make sure that more people don't go to this restaurant. That's that's it's, I mean, this was years ago that still sits in the back of my head that that's the way that we look at, at knowledge, not understanding what went into the sauce, not understanding how long somebody might've worked to get that or how many generations that went through to get to where it is. You can just say, that's not my style, but we like attack it because it's not what I like. Therefore, however much knowledge and however much time somebody has spent on it is bullshit. And I hate to make this direct lineage to like the vaccine stuff, but it's the same thing. Like 
scientist who's worked 25 years on this saying this is good. Yeah, but my friend's yoga teacher's sister's mom said that it's bad for you, so I'm not going to take it because I did my research. I read a couple of Facebook posts. Like, I don't like that we've gotten to a point where that's where everybody's opinion is valid and everybody who's ever eaten barbecue is an authority on barbecue and everyone who's ever had a taco, whether it was at Taco Bell or in Mexico, everybody's knowledge is equal. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's insane to think that somebody could work for six months just working, learning how to cut ice at a cocktail shop. It's crazy thinking somebody could work for four years learning how to make rice for sushi. But at the same time, isn't devotion to a craft and mastery of said craft a more noble cause than just like guessing it and getting kind of close and then pretending like you're a master because you succeeded and Mm -hmm. you can charge more money like that to me, the cultural value in carrying on crafting traditions and carrying on knowledge is something that I worry about more in our society every day. And I look to especially Japanese culture in as steeped in tradition as it is. And I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure if I live there, there are incredibly oppressive sides mm-hmm. that come along with that. But if there's something that I wanted to say that I really love and value in it, it would be, I wish we took more seriously the devotion to the craft and the devotion to knowledge that a lot of professions require and a lot of careers require uh, in Japanese society. I don't, does, I mean, no, that, absolutely. And it's, it's one thing that... It, you know, what's uh, I think a Netflix show like uh, uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of covers that. And, and once again, I mean, just talking about like, you know, knowledge, like I don't I don't claim to know a whole lot about Japan. I've just been there twice. Um, and. But they have this real like apprentice mastership and a lot of like for some good and some bad, like in America, we want more. We all want to be like rich. We want that oceanside mansion, you know, like a guilty thing. I want a Lamborghini someday, someday, you know, even for like a a week before it gets repossessed. um, I I want one, Um, you know, check off that bucket list item, but you'll go into like these, these sushi, like sushi bars or like bars and where you have to spend. Yeah. Like, you know, years, cooking rice or years just cutting ice and you know like truly proving yourself um and then one day the you know the master comes up and says today you're going to learn how to cut fish or today you're going to learn how to you know you're not going to cut ice anymore you're going to you know prep you know spirits or, or whatever and now you've moved up another level and then you spend a few more years in that and finally you're you're being taught everything and now the only thing beyond that is to open up your own joint and a lot of these joints, whether it's a it's a sushi place or it's a, a bar, you'll go in and there might be like I've been to some bars in Japan where there's six seats. Like that's the whole it's mm-hmm. not six seats and thirty tables, it's mm-hmm. six seats. Yeah. And sure. the person behind the bar has been tending bar for sometimes twenty, thirty years. Um you know, this this one uh, um I have the book here, but it's on, on loaner to uh, one of our bartenders. It's uh um uh, name escapes me but it's this uh it's a japanese bartender he's got to be like 75 80 years old he's been tending bar for 60 years and he still works at this small bar called the tender bar and oh, sure yeah he made a you know i was honored to get some drinks made uh made by him and 
normally I'm a big fan of like, you know, using a jigger when you pour, but I'm like, this guy's been pouring, you know, for, I can't even think of the tens of thousands of gallons he's, he's right. poured. Of course. Um, he knows what he's doing. And he'll never, you know, working in a place where you got six seats or ten seats or whatever, you're never going to be wealthy. You're always going to be in this small apartment, not able to afford, you know, the, the quote, finer things in life. But they know that. That's, and that's like, enough for some people. Shigeru yeah. Miyamoto still rides his bike to work yeah. every day. They want to, like, the fact that they get people in and give them the best service, the best hospitality that they are possibly capable of, and that they're still working, that how can I make that better tomorrow, even after 30 years of doing the same thing right. over and over again? Yeah, Fuck, the, 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 so the pouring with uh, the jigger and, and it, to that point, and then also to the point of I have the same answer as Quam, because we've brought this up on the podcast before. It's, you know, precision, repetition, perfection. Mm-hmm. Just that, that model that if you do a thing properly, over and over and over that it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. It becomes muscle memory. Uh, I was at the uh, Timberwolves game on Monday night with Nathan Beck, two-time guest of the program. <laughs> and he and I are, you know, I, I, I've become, like, morbidly obsessed with Japanese highballs, especially because of the Toki machines in town. Melly. Hey, Melly. We need one, Melly. I can go make you one real quick. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> uh, holy shit. So he, uh, yes, please. He, and, he and I are both obsessed with, with uh, highballs, Japanese highballs now. And he showed me this recipe that he found as a Japanese classic recipe, Japanese highball, where um, you chill the glass with the ice. And then this, this step seems absurd on his face, but... Uh, after you empty out the excess water and you add the alcohol to the glass with the ice and then you refill if you need to add another cube, you stir the glass with a stir stick 13 times nope. clockwise. Nope. It specifically notes mm-hmm. you stir the glass after adding, making sure it's full of ice and adding the alcohol to the glass. You stir it 13 times clockwise, specifically clockwise. And, you know, you kind of look at each other for a second like, wow, that is that is terribly precise, terribly specific. But you know why that is? If you always count one, two, three, up to 13, and you go clockwise every time, the next thing you know, you're not even counting anymore. You're having a conversation with the person that's sitting at the bar with you, and you do it the exact same way every single time. Continuity. And I have I have a great deal of respect for that. I do also understand that Culturally, when it comes to those types of things, and of course, not everything there is that way, but oh we God, literally have liquid nitrogen you should, going you on. Get a vote or something. <laughs> uh, so he, the, the the thing about that is those aspects of Japanese culture are very Type A, which matches up with my personality. I can see someone who's maybe has a more frenetic or fly by the seat of their pants personality wouldn't do as well in the food and beverage community or or um, the the food and beverage industries in Japan. So I could see how maybe that doesn't appeal to some people. But for me, I am absolutely fascinated by it. I, I adore it. I love how fastidious they are and, and how they work on uh, uh, educating themselves on every kernel of knowledge that can be applied to whatever their vocation or craft is. That's just something that it, it, I know other cultures have uh, notions of that, but 
to me, that's the culture that is uh, the the standard bearer for those types of, of processes and educational. Um, um, what? Oh, come on. This, <laughs> we have mad science going <laughs> yeah. on right behind us. Like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, Kwan, we basically... You we, can't hear me, but I am obsessed with highballs. Oddly enough, we can hear you. Uh, making a few real quick is... Yeah, go get that, Charles. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's just an absolutely beautiful thing to see the devotion to craft that he is. <laughs> this is awesome. So as we're talking about a cocktail that we all like, of course, Tyson has to jump up and go do it. Charles is getting video of it. It's, it's pretty amazing. This is one of the things, again, that, that we just feel so fortunate to be a part of and to, to uh, exist in both in our community and in the larger community that we've gotten to know through this podcast. Uh, we love all the messages and all the tweets and everything that, that come to us and suggest things. And, you know, we're just trying to make things better. But My when we get to a, video, yeah, when we get to uh, when we get to throw down on a, a Japanese highball that involves liquid nitrogen whilst in the middle of a show, this is this is kind of special. I uh, I wish I wish we could bring in more of the idea that. It's about mastering what you're interested in or where your path is going versus what will make you the most money. I think one of the things that I dislike about our society in the U.S. right now is that money equals success, which equals goodness. Like if you've gotten rich, therefore you must have somehow been better at life than other people. And I, I hate looking at it that way. I love the idea that somebody, whether they you know, became wealthy or not, if they got to wake up every morning and feel like they did a really good job at what it is that they chose to do, that's where I want to exist. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is my dream. I don't care. Like, of course, you know, it's nice to have a house. It's nice to have a yard. It's nice to have things to be able to travel when we want to travel. But at the end of the day... Like, even if we were incredibly wealthy, I think my wife and I would still probably have, like, a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, and we'd spend a lot more of it on traveling and maybe renting places and other... Because at the end of the day, I want to enjoy my life every day when I get up, not hate everything, hate everything, and then miserly, you know, have hordes that I can tell other people about but never actually enjoy it. Like... It's nice if you can make those values merge. Yeah. You know, like, make, well, make good money doing I mean, something we just, we just downsized and went to a tiny apartment. And, yeah. I mean, it's a nice tiny apartment, but mm-hmm. we can, you know, we went from a two-level split out in the Burbs with 2,200 square feet or whatever, and now we can we can vacuum the, like, the coolest things. We can <laughs> vacuum the whole apartment off of one outlet. Yeah. Like, it is the, yeah. it is the coolest thing. I, It'll be a minute on the highballs. Uh, you got one seat I, in the living room? Yeah, I have, I have one chair, like because yeah. like You're living you know, with one seat because <laughs> like the, the the tree hasn't been planted that the couch will be made from. Yes, right. They said yeah, would, someday would two months ago, but the, the highballs will be just a minute. I got. The, oh, you're good. I uh, I probably shouldn't have chilled the glassware first because then I it's was doing other stuff. Yeah, the, the whiskey's <laughs> frozen, so it'll be just a minute. <laughs> I love it. This is amazing. Right. This Guam, is amazing. you want to fire off question four then? While we're uh, waiting yeah, for the sure, whiskey sure, to sure, <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Uh, all right. So uh, we're all pretty tall human beings. And we've... Some we've, taller than I'm others. getting shorter. Right. But, but 
if if we cut <laughs> a cross age. section Same. I got a bad spine, of so. everybody on the world, <laughs> I feel like we would probably end up oh, yeah. at least in the top ninety, if not the sure. top ninety five percent. So what's in your opinion, what is the best and worst parts about being tall? And or if you want to answer it differently, what do you wish that short people understood about what it is to be tall? Very, very good question. Um, so, <laughs> like, I feel like we need more PSAs about this. <clears throat> Me, Tyson, I, I used to be six foot four. Um, I'm 40 now and falling apart, and I've got a, a bad back too. Thanks, Army. Um, but, uh, like, I used to be able, like, you know, just like walk up to the height measurement thing and not even stretch. I'm like, yep, six foot four. You know, maybe even six foot four and a quarter. Now I'm like, I get up there and like I'm at the doctor's office. I am just stretching, trying to get a stall. Like I use the foam roller, like the like you know I'm going to get a checkup. Like oh, I'm going to try to straighten my <laughs> spine a little bit more. I'm stretching. And I'm like it's just barely six three. I'm like fuck. Yeah. Um, so the the I mean it's I, I would not want to be an inch taller. Um, and there there's many pros and cons of it. Um, it's pro is that you're just, I mean, you're just bigger than everybody and you just kind of get this like, and there's plenty of short people who kick my ass, which I mean, you think less and less about when, you know, the older that you get, like mm-hmm. the thought of me in 40 and like, you know, it's like ending up some bar fight or street fight. Eh, probably not a, probably not going to happen. And if it leave. did happen, yep, yeah. exactly. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's just probably something that, uh, I will probably never get into a fight ever again in my life. And I'm pretty, pretty comfortable with that. I, I kind of hope I don't. Um, but, you know, just being bigger, like, you know, less likely to get jumped or something like that or someone just, you know, pick on you, which once again is you're 40, like, you know, less likely that someone's going to, like, pick on you. You got big ears, you know, or, um, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, well, you're there, cutting there, deep there, there, fella. There, 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 will, there will probably be someday that, like, one-star Yelp review and, like, you know, like, oh, the, you know, everything was good except for the, you know, the one guy at the dish pit had big ears. and <laughs> Fucking lurch with his satellite Exactly. I'll be, I'll be crying as I read it at home. He's talking about me. I have a name, um, you know, and like it's 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 cool and all, but like concerts are concerts are like because I feel for other people. I was yeah. like, no matter mm-hmm. what I do, I was trying like think of other people. Like you know, even if I'm driving and someone cuts me off, and I'm like, well, maybe they just made a mistake, you know? Like you know, someone's just, you know driving super slow on the road. Well, well maybe they're. You know, like maybe they had some like, you know, bad car accident. They have PTSD as a, as a driver or something like that. And, uh, you know, but like at, at concerts, like I, I try and stand with my shoulders. Like, you know, I try and find a wall that I can stand like at so nobody's behind me. And I try and like turn okay, my shoulder sure. so I'm blocking less people's view. Yeah. But, like I have a perfect view at almost every concert, except for nowadays. Everyone feels like they, they should like have their tablet or you know, and they, they have like the iPad Pro, which is, yeah, I don't know, 30 inches wide or whatever. <laughs> like, wide screen. So I'm, so I'm not watching the concert. I'm watching the video of the concert. Um, I'm like, just put your phone down and enjoy the moment. Um, well, you can see over it. Most exactly. Also, it's, complete uh, side note, when the fuck are you ever going to watch that video? No, game? nobody wants to no watch it. No one is going to want to watch, especially with your dumbass singing right behind the camera. And then you're moving as you're like singing along. Just it's like videos with fucking fireworks. Yep, you just hit like you just swipe Stop through it. Super Those are quick. even worse. Yeah, fireworks um, videos are even worse. And so like that's great. Uh, you know, like I, I like sports cars. And my first question, like, my first car was a 1978 Datsun 280Z. And my first question to the guy was like, "Will I fit in it?" You know, like that's yeah. a very valid question mm-hmm. when you're when you're taller. And like, 
I got a chance to sit in a, a guy pulled up to Kalita, uh, I don't know, like a year before the pandemic. That's how we, that's how we gauge time now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a, like a, an older, uh, um, uh, and, you know, I started talking with him and, and I'm like, hey, like, feel free to tell me just like, get the fuck out of here. But like, I've always wondered like, if I always wanted one and I will have one, you know, someday, even like I said, for a little bit before it gets repossessed, but like, yeah. like, do you mind if I just sat in it and I'll be super careful? Cause I understand like, you know, I scratched the door sill and that's, you know, 20 grand or whatever. And right. I just want to know if I fit in one. And he's like, Oh yeah, go ahead. And I mean, it was tight. It might be a good thing that I'd only have it for a week before it got repossessed. Right. You know, but, uh, like, Your knees would well, be hurting at the time. Like I, you can I, take I, it. I'm not going to chase yeah, you. I could make this work. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so that's like the upside of being tall, but then it's like, you know, flying, you know, like public Wicked. transit. Like I, I, I can't afford first class or comfort plus or whatever. I'm in, I'm in, you know, I'm in coach. Um, and like buses are terrible. Um, you know, like a lot of stuff is meant for shorter people. Like a lot of, you know, like I end up hunching a lot cause you, end up, yeah. you know, like stuff is built at a lower height, like, you know, just bar tops and stuff like stuff in your kitchen is meant mm-hmm. for the average height person, which means you have Correct. to scrunch down to it. It's why yes. our, our bar here, I built for my height. Um, cause I if figure, you think that I didn't notice that the minute that I walked in, oh, yeah. I got so excited. Like, like one thing, and I don't mind doing it. And, uh, none of our, none of our current staff have, have, have asked me about it. I might not have done a good job of like expressing it either, but like when I was in the army as, as a, as a combat medic, I'd, I'd go volunteer at, at uh, the hospitals a little bit on, on, uh, deployment. And one thing I learned is that they, they had like, they set the hospital, like the, the operating room table, at least what where i was they set it up for the the tallest person so that person has good posture and that everybody else is on different height stools to get up to that height sure yep, um, makes sense. because if you're leaned over you know someone you don't want to be like oh my back and and <laughs> um but being tall does have its disadvantages like growing up like i am like you know my my style is like t-shirt and i think these are kirkland jeans mm-hmm. um you know just costco jeans and Part of that is because just trying to find clothing that fits, you know, button up shirts that, you know, don't untuck the moment you bring your arms above like you know, belly <laughs> yep, height, yep. Um, you know, like trying to find shoes like and, sh- and shoe sizes have for some odd reason changed a lot. I think I was a 14 when I was in high school and like my foot hasn't gotten any bigger or smaller. Um, but I, you just walk into a shoe store and you're like, what do you have in this size? You don't go, oh, do you have this in that size? Because the answer is no, and they come out from in back with like three god awful, mm-hmm. yeah, terribly ugly that shoes that are <laughs> not my loafers and shit. Yeah, just yeah. not my style. Or like you know, like I'm not into like the basketball shoes, like bright yellow patent leather and stuff. It's just not my not my look. And yeah. uh, you're like, shit, that's all you have. And Mary, like when we first started dating back in like '99, she's like, let's let's go shopping for you. You need some new clothes. I'm like, yeah, best of luck. And so you know, we go to like a couple stores and. Okay, we'll go to Mall of America, you know, like, and like nothing fits. Jeans don't fit. Like, she's like, we'll try these. We'll just try them. And I come out and like, you know, they're like capris and like booty pants, you know, like, um, (laughs) and finally, like, she's getting frustrated. She's like, okay, let's go to the big and tall store. And it's, it's the big and tall store is like very big wide wise Mm -hmm. or very tall and not in between Mm -hmm. and like. Yeah, that's what sucks about being tall. <laughs> and and I do not hit my head on, like, everyone, like, 
okay, what else sucked is like in high school, everyone asked if you played basketball all the time and like, no, I'm uncoordinated as hell. And then, oh, aren't you sick of hitting your head on stuff? Like, you don't think, like, after, like, 40 years on this planet that I've, like, <laughs> Wait, like learned to up. gauge what I will and will not hit my head on? But isn't that, a, like, a, that's a weird skill that most people don't have. Mm-hmm. Like, I watch short people hit their heads and shit all the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because I'm at the height to... where I still hit my head on shit because I don't expect I will have to hit my <laughs> yeah, head on it's, shit. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah, so, like, moving all the beer out of Brandon's basement. The vents in the basement were the perfect height for me to smash mm. my fucking skull into oh. it, and I must have done it. A guy with a bad neck, by the way, I must have slammed my head on that vent thirty times. Oh, you hear the crunch? Why that's the worst. do I keep yes. doing oh. this? Yeah, that's oh. a that's I mean, my nightmare. So for me, I'm I'm not as tall as you guys. We brought up on the pod previously, and it occurred to me as we were discussing it that I'm the perfect concert height because mm-hmm. I can see over almost everybody, but I'm in nobody's way. Like not at least in the way that you would be in someone's way, Correct. Mr. Quam. Correct. So I I quite appreciate that. Then my yeah, I, I mean I'm gonna make this real quick because I'm not the tallest guy in the room here. Um, that is not an analogy, but <laughs> I. I, my answer is also the same with counters, counter height, like the the slight hunch when I'm cooking all day, like when I'm making Thanksgiving mm-hmm. dinner uh, and doing all my prep and stuff a, a week from now or, or next week or, you know, whenever you're listening to this, maybe in the distant, distant past. But <laughs> having that slight hunch over the counter for hours, it adds up like you I do everything to maintain posture mm-hmm. and to not lean, but then I got to crane my neck and my neck's mm-hmm. the worst part of my shitty spine. So that whole dynamic, uh, I would love to have some sort of a, even just a, a butcher block that's smaller in the corner of the kitchen. That's a little elevated that I can use, just put a cutting board on it to use that. So in my next home, hopefully that's something I can uh, make a mental note to, to yeah. address because even doing just that slight hunch on the butcher block in the middle of my kitchen or on the counters or the stove, that can add up pretty quick. When you even you talking about that, I can feel exactly <laughs> in my back <laughs> where, where that yeah. muscle will tighten up. Is it your lumbar or your mid back? It's right in the middle. Yeah, it's my mid back. It's nasty. basically just below where my rib cage stops. Okay, that's where the muscles will just start twisting. Yep, Mm -hmm. because I do try to keep my shoulders back. Like when I walk, I walk pretty upright, but I will one hundred percent when I start cutting, especially if I'm doing a lot of night work. Your shoulders are forward. Your shoulders are forward. So then you already start bending over a little bit. You got to get low. Just kills me. Kills me. The best part for me is I really do, um, as somebody who's fascinated by everything that's happening around me at all times, which hashtag ADD. Highball noon. Highball noon. Whiskey finally melted. Oh, we're going to, yes. <laughs> After freezing it with the uh, the liquid nitrogen, I think we need a little highball cheers. Got to get that shot. Oh, fuck me. That's so perfect. Uh, I really do. Mm. I love that portion of it. Mm. I, I love that I can survey every room pretty much when I walk in, figure out where I need to be. At concerts, uh, much like Tyson, I am a uh, an empath, so I try to do whatever I can to stand near some giant structure which you couldn't see through anyway. Uh, you know, I do I do the best I can. The worst part, I honestly think that this is this is something that I want more people to understand when. You're rolling your eyes at somebody who's tall, who's talking about like not fitting somewhere or whatever. 
Just imagine if the world around you was 30% smaller than mm-hmm. it is. Imagine if every toilet, every chair, every counter height, every anything in your world was 30% shorter. And then think about how weird it would be doing things in that environment. That's how I feel all the time. Mm-hmm. Part of that has been buoyed by the fact that my wife at five, seven and a half is taller for a woman and she enjoys, um, we, we made a new Island sort of thing in our kitchen so that, uh, we had extra prep space and she did that at my height because it also is nice for her cause she can have her arms up on it mm-hmm. and she can prep and oh, yeah. it actually keeps her more straightforward. But for me, it's a lifesaver because that four inch difference between that and my normal, my old prep table, maybe four and a half inches, that is night and day whether or not I'm going to have to do stretching exercises after I'm done oh, prepping yeah. or cooking. You know, like that's something that I just feel like a lot of people don't talk about. And I'm not trying to act like it's so brutal where statistically we're more listened to and people look to taller people for leadership. I understand I have it. And to grab paper towels at Target. Yeah. Oh, every, <laughs> every chair you sit in is made for like a, a five foot seven ish person at 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like the car, the, the seat in your car, like you name it, it's meant for the average person. And the taller that you get, the worse it gets. Exactly. Like a, a bed. I mean, if you ever laid in a hospital bed for a week as a tall person, you know how much that just it fucked. Oh God! I drive. <laughs> I drive a Subaru. It is the best car I have ever owned in my life. I I drive a Subaru Legacy only because I had picked out an Acura. I went to the dealership to buy it, mm-hmm. and the guy selling it to me was like, "Let's just take it around the block. Just make sure you really love it." I had picked it out online. I loved the car. I had done a lot of research on it. We got in, and I literally could not fit my right leg between the gas pedal, the steering wheel, and the console. And he was like, holy fuck, I never thought about it. Like, mm-hmm. you, If you're over 6'3", you can't fit in this car. And we got out. <laughs> it's like, I've already sold my car. Yep. Yeah. I need to get something. And we looked around the lot, and he's like, there are four cars that you could drive right now on this lot. One of them was my Subaru legacy and I will probably be a Subaru fan for the rest of my life because every Subaru I've ever sat in has a tall person in mind Yep, and I fit in all of them. And much like we were talking about where you just, you just go to like hold the shoe up and say, do Mm -hmm. you have this shoe? That's what I do at dealerships. Now I'm like, I'm this, what do you have that fits me? <laughs> oh, I just, I just thought of the worst. Like one of the things I hate the most about being tall. And once again, where my wife, I love her to death. She tries, but <laughs> it, it's taking a bath, like a oh, bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> like a, an actual like, bath. Like I had, uh, I had, uh, uh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I deal with a lot of stress being self-employed. You know, it's like, you know, any, any job, but you know, I, I, I pretty chill usually but every now and then the stress builds up like you know and it's like i think it was back like a few years ago, i was having like heart palpitations and stuff like you know just a rough time and mary's like oh, i'll try try taking a bath and i'm like i i don't fit and she's like well just try and she like you know gets like the epsom fills up the bathtub mm-hmm. like some candles I, mm-hmm. I i i go and like sit in the bathtub and like y- your knees are bent, and so my Super ankles, my ankles, I won't get in too much detail, but like my ankles are underwater, and my butt cheeks are underwater, <laughs> and like 
and everything else, everything else is like out of the water, yep. and like the, the the water is already like like going in like the overflow, <laughs> yeah. like you so know that, that little round good. thing near the drain. It's it's like on overflow. She's like, well, well, try laying, just try laying back. And so okay, so I so I lay back and I get like most of my chest is underwater, but I got yeah. my legs up the yep. freaking wall, right. and it. like just like this is anything. Like or, if yeah, anything, I'm just getting like more pissed off because this is like. <laughs> I can't do this. It's like every now and then I try, like when we go to hotels, like I'll try and get the jacuzzi, the jacuzzi which I know, yeah. I know the jacuzzi is just the, it is like the world's worst biohazard, you know, don't and like, care. I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll buy Lysol and like clean it yep. and all that, but I don't care. I'm oh, gonna I just go to, soak I go to the it. nice hotels that, you know, are bombing mm-hmm. it with chemicals mm-hmm. and That's it. like the bathtub, like I even like at our new apartment, like I, I look at that bathtub and I'm like, is that bigger than our old one, or is that the same size? Right. I'm like, well, and I just know in my head it's the same similar. size. I'm, I'm not even going to try. There's a, um, I was, I feel this pain so much, and I just had like a very visceral reaction just to fuck it. Fuck, I'm mad. I'm I had like- <laughs> one, of, one of the worst nights that's ever happened. I was DJing, and a guy in the crowd threw a beer at me. And it didn't quite hit me, but it perfectly landed upside down on my computer. Oh, no. Completely shorted everything out. Like, blew it. Like, literally, we had to stop and just play an So, iPod. bad throw, not bad catch, right? Correct. Okay, good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to throw it, throw it to me. So I <laughs> exactly. It. But, um, I, like, I, it was, I mean, it was that my sucks. hard drive. It was everything. It was dead. It was just fucking awful. I went back to the hotel, had a couple drinks, was like, fuck this. I'm just, I'm going to bed. Uh, I allegedly may have found something in the edible category, and I just daggered myself. Yes. Went to sleep, woke up the next morning, like hungover and still probably allegedly high. And uh, I filled a bathtub. They had the bathtub in the room, mm-hmm. and it was like the giant one. Like mm-hmm. with the like soaking the, tub, yeah, the soaking with tub the with jets like, in the side with uh, that like the forty five degree angle, yeah, like it has the like the jets in it. So it's the bathtub, yep. but it's got okay. And I was like, oh my god, this might be the first time that I like actually get to have a bath. So I, you know, turn the faucets on, mm-hmm. and it's a solid fifteen to seventeen minutes to fucking <laughs> fill this thing. And I'm like, oh my god, like I'm finally going to be able to like actually take a bath. I can just like soak off Got everything that happened last night. Yeah, exactly. You get some edibles. That's like a three hour long time to fill it. And I got in, and I couldn't. No matter what, I couldn't get all of me in the tub. Oh. So if I had so my one part had to pop up. It's either, like, yeah, so it's I had like to either with someone on an air mattress. <laughs> exactly. So I either had to have my knees out of the water, or I had to have my feet out of the water. I just couldn't get and everything. all you want is everything I submerged. Just, I just wanted to sit up to my chin with everything submerged. Awkward, uh, did you try to do an awkward cross leg? No, I got super <laughs> mad. Yeah. I got the knees are on the yep. sides yep. with the feet. Are I got like super mad. Like I pulled the plug and I just literally walked down. I I honestly just threw a swimsuit on, walked down, and I just went and like I had the angriest hot tub session ever. <laughs> I just sat in the hot tub downstairs, just like. Kind of yeah. like a fucking bath. And fuck. You ever see uh, you ever see music videos where like there's a guy in a, a normal sized bathtub with his girlfriend? Yeah. I'm like, like what size are these people? <laughs> what size no are way. these people? They're yeah. fitting in a bathtub together. So <laughs> yeah, it just does not. It does not work. But yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely infuriating because like like when when you can't get everything, and you got the yeah. you know you want to relax, so you got that 
bath water at like you know 211 yep. degrees or whatever it is <laughs> oh my so any not i mean not that hot no, but, but i i want my skin to be pink as fuck yeah, yeah you want to look like a lobster afterwards and like truly relax and but then any inch of skin that isn't submerged feels like it's like it might as well be at the south pole yeah. like like you left it uncovered in the middle of a, a, a windstorm in oh, antarctica like like this yeah. i am not lying this conversation is making me mad. Like, you, you know, like were you wearing knee pads in there? <laughs> it's, oh, it's just so it's, shitty. Uh, like, there, there are some downsides of being tall. Mm-hmm. Like, it's and I and of I course. couldn't like. And that being said, like, uh, how tall are you, Ben? I'm six five. Okay, with sh- no shoes on. So that inch taller that I would not want to be in, in yourself, mm-hmm. Charles. Mm, six one. Okay, so like, yeah, like you know, good height, but like, imagine being like. Six eight or mm-hmm. six uh, seven foot, like, mm-hmm. like I like my height. I lost a little height because mm-hmm. of my shitty spine. Guaranteed, that's got to be the reason yep. why. But uh, I, I, I think I'm, I, I think I'm the perfect height where I'm tall enough to do anything. And also, six one would be pretty dope. Inobtrusive, like I'm not in people's way. I'm not in mm-hmm. my own way. Uh, so I, yeah, I think when I was when I was playing ball as a kid, I was tall for my age. But as I got to be teenage years and realize I got to be quite a bit taller if I'm going to continue playing basketball at a higher level, you know, namely like just wanting to had dreams of playing like collegiate ball or something. I was like, well, now I got to be a point guard and I'm not a point guard. I'm a great ball handler, but I'm not a point guard. And I have to be because of my height. And I just started coaching. because I was like, that's not me. So at the, when I was a kid, yeah, it frustrated me that I wasn't taller but now I'm like, yeah, I, I like my height. Yeah. Well, and like, this is one of the very few communities I think in the entire country where six one would be the shortest person in the room. You know, like mm-hmm. that's this is very rare. When my sure. when my uh, quote unquote twin cousin comes to visit, he's always like so floored. He's like, I live in Florida. Previous to that, he was in North Carolina. He's like, I'm usually the tallest person in the room. And then I come oh, sure. to Minnesota to visit, and I'm like, oh, fuck, there's lots of tall people here. When we were this in the weird. airport in San Juan, uh, there was probably, we were probably surrounded by 100 people. And I looked at Marnie, and I was like, huh, I'm easily the tallest person mm-hmm. here. And she was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. But it, sure, that depends just, where you are. As a PSA, the next time that you're stuck behind some fucking tall dude, and there are some assholes oh, in God, our group yeah. that oh, do sure. not get out of the fucking way. Yeah. I will apologize for them, but tell them to fucking move. Uh, but but just the next time you're looking at the middle of somebody's back and be like, oh, fucking tall guy. Yeah. Just remember, like, think about the next time <laughs> you fly when you're kicking your little legs back and forth and then you or look when you over. recline and you when don't need to. When you're 5'1 yeah. you know? yeah. and you recline yeah. and the, the person behind you has, like, already got their knees, like, wedged against yeah, it. Yeah, they got a knee to each side of them yeah. like it's coming above the water in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's so, much, it worse. Uh-huh. so uh-huh. much worse. Is that a warning? So is that going to be a warning sign, lady? And, and, and you, and you, you pick the you. aisle seat so that you can like stick your legs out just a little bit further, but then the flight attendant, they're doing their job, they and they tell you have to move your feet back in. Time. The greatest sign of disrespect is when they use your knee as a rest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Well, look at that. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> when you're standing behind the tall person, like stop and look at them. Look at the like the... The curvature of the spine and like how bad gravity is on that like couple extra inches. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just, just oh, you're not built for this world. Cool, I guess. It's, here we go. Like <laughs> when I when I got off the plane in Cambodia and there was like just a, a sea of people, like considerably like Japan was surprising like people being taller, but like Cambodia was 
they were they were significantly shorter. And I just turned okay. to Mary and her family and said, "If we get separated, you look for me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? Easy like, enough, right? Uh, the, <laughs> the big blonde white guy stick out like a sore thumb. My mm-hmm. wife and my sisters in law both know, like, whenever we're at a crowded thing like Disney World or Universal Studios or whatever. Ben will be the person that we all rally to. Yep. So just look for the giant head above that. Where do I'm we go a, if we get lost? To Ben. <laughs> I'm, I'm the floating point, too, because I'm a brown guy with an obsidian black beard. Yeah. Like, it's impossible I, to miss me. If you That if thing you has got to be fake. It, well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> it is actually fake. Uh, but if someone's got to find Sponsored me at the by State Willy Fair, Willy. it's pretty goddamn easy. You know, like, hey, I saw you like 10 minutes ago over by yeah, exactly. the fucking cheese curd stand. But I couldn't Bing. get to you. Yeah. Anyways, number uh, five. Question number five. Yeah. Should we topic number five? Should we do a shot, or are we considering uh, the absolutely? Highball? You're gonna yeah. you're gonna the you're gonna go, highball was the last one, but I, I will pick some type of alcohol from the lineup over there. Uh, yeah. All right. Do you want to do you want to pick or do you want to pick? Uh, I can ask Tyson, the question. Go ahead. He'll go. ask. Uh, Quam can ask his next. Yep. I mean, you know, I'm gonna pick the shittiest stuff. Let's do it. I don't fucking care. <laughs> all right, Quam. Topic number five. Any questions can we do again? We, we have two, two we, to go. We have two to go. All right. So uh, question number five. It's a brand new bottle. Is uh, we are ooh. on. Ooh, nice little ASMR. Uh, we're on the precipice of the era of the coldest and darkest days in Minnesota. What is your remedy for said cold, dark days? Like, is there something that makes you feel better? And honestly, like, why is it just snuggling with your cat? <laughs> my cat died, Ben. Oh, no, it's all right. Oh, my right. God. No, he was, he, was, he was 22. And, uh, That's awesome. Let, let me pour these real quick. Yeah. That's a good life. Do you want Two me seconds to... of radio. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, let's, let's, let's pour it out um, for, uh, for the homie. We're going to pour it out for our, my, my old cats, Pete and Charlie, who are no longer with us. Well, Charlie left us a while ago. 22 is a good life, man. Since Charlie and Pete cat. can't be here, then the original mm-hmm. intent of this question was to ask, and, what is... If you close your eyes or is and you think of a place that you want to go or is there um, something that you cook or drink that makes you feel better or is there a record that you play? What? First of all, here's Charlie and Pete. Here's Charlie, Charlie and Pete and, Pete and all, the other, all the other cats all the that other aren't with cats. us. Also, real quick, Whoa. how was that? Ben, ben, just so you know, this one, uh, my father-in-law insists... Uh, that's uh, chocolatey. That's yeah, like, he insisted this is poison. This is a uh, dude th- that tastes like cacao. This is a jello. Oh, let's do another pot. one. Cacao yeah, poison. This is he that's a jello pudding that pop. Poison. Yeah. So what we are drinking right now, this is a it's about a three seven five. I'm gonna pour myself a little bit more yeah. too. Um, it's about a three hundred. Uh, it's three hundred seventy milliliters. Uh, it's Mekong Gold Label whiskey from uh, Cambodia. Why does it uh, taste my, like fucking chocolate? Yeah, my I don't know. My my father in law, I already drank a bottle of this one a few years ago. Um he told me not to drink it because it's poison. Um and when I was Lovely. in Cambodia he told me not to eat all this like like I am just deep inside me there's a just super white trash dude trying to get out. And I don't mean like white <laughs> trash morals, just like in doing <laughs> stupid shit. Um I, I call it my Chris I mean, Farley aspect. Yeah. I'll jump through a coffee table if it involves something that I've, I've never Get had Get the before. price tag in there, too. This is $2.50. Well, it's half the size and twice the price mm-hmm. of that other bottle. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> kind of a rip. $1.50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no tax or rum. But, uh, it's fucking gold label. What do you, you know, like, poison? 
I'll, I'll eat the, the dirtiest street food stands and like yeah. My, my one of my that's favorite, where good flavor comes from. One of my favorite restaurants products. in Cambodia was at this one hotel we were at, and uh, or across the street from it, and like the walls are just so stained and dirty, and like you know, but like who cares? It's the walls. I'm not eating off the walls. I'm not eating off the floor. You know, like as long as the bowl's half clean, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and our, our our cleanliness standards are much higher here. But when I go out. I don't care, you know, fly lands in the food and scoop it out. Um, but like we're eating pho, uh, which in Cambodia is called gadu. And hmm. my, um, I'm there with Mary, uh, her brother, Bowen and her sister, Kara. And we're just, you know, slurping on this gadu for breakfast. And this cockroach comes running across the table. And on the table, there's like, uh, like a, a napkin dispenser. And then, you know, so you can blow your nose and stuff. There's a paper, t- uh, like a waste paper basket on the, the, the table. Okay. And my sister-in-law just like grabs a napkin as she's like slurping her, her, her pho and just smashes this like little cockroach, throws it away. And like, we just keep eating like it's another, nothing. Like, another bite. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, cause that's Standard just, you know, just the way it goes yeah, sure, in yeah, the majority life. of the rest of the world. Okay. It's like killing um, a spider if you're having dinner at your dinner table here. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, except I'll this burn the unusual. house down cause I hate spiders. It's unusual to see. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, um, where's I going with this? But, oh yeah. Like, so, so my father-in-law, he's on to something. Cause like I eat at these dirty street food vendors and this one, like it might be this one that I, that I got it from, but he's like, I, uh, I got this like fresh pressed juice drink and he's like trying to fight it out of my hand. And granted, this guy is more of a garbage disposal than I am. So when he's trying to fight something out of my hand be like, no dirty, I probably shouldn't drink it, but I'm like, no, it's fucking delicious. Pot, his name's Potch. And I'm like trying to drink like every drop of it as he's trying to wrench it out of my hand. Yeah. Um, but I came back and I had cholera. Um, <laughs> yeah, some Oregon Trail shit. Like no I was shit. Just oh say, my like, god! Holy and uh, <laughs> so you need um, something that he was right about. And like you got like, an Oregon Trail disease. Yeah, like Wait, I went, and he fucking uh, told you we shouldn't be drinking this. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's fine because I already drank a bottle and like I didn't. Yeah, it was after I had cholera by long margin. But, uh, but then you're fucking. Um, I, I think we're fine. I think we're fine. Then your wagon axle broke, and you had to Charles is food. googling this right now, trying to no, I'm just trying to figure out like how many people have died. We tell people what we drink. Do we so. cheers to this? Yeah, by the way, yeah, let's do it yeah, again. Yeah. This is. I swear we to God, cheers. The, the, I don't remember anything, man? The de- we cheers to the kitty cats. That's right, the cats. The bouquet. This it is. It is a chocolate very vanilla jello pudding pop. What it's weird. Uh well, there's. You want me to go grab my alcohol meter and tell you for real, or what the. What the what the label says? It's got to be like what, like fifty like proof? Thirty? I'd guess like thirty percent. Yeah, there you go. Is that percent or proof? Percent yeah, thirty-one degree. Yeah. So we'll go with thirty-one percent alcohol, yeah. isn't it? Um, oh, that's amazing. But yeah, All like right. apparently the 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 healthcare system here in the U.S. doesn't even test for cholera because my doctor suspected it was cholera, and I'm, I I did too. It's it's very easily differential diagnosis on it. Um, like what's coming out basically looks like rice, um, um, and uh, but uh, like I I I just submit like like two or three samples. And she's finally like, yeah, I've, I really suspected it was this, but then I realized like we don't even test for that unless it's like a very specialized, you know, like. I can't even order up a test for cholera. That's how eradicated well, the, it is in the America. Problem, the, the real problem is that you you weren't sending your 
your test results into an Apple IIe. No. Which could have rated you as, you're clearly not the banker from Kansas for our Oregon Trail You've got to buy all the hey bullets. You've got to go to on. grueling pace. Uh, meagerly oh, rationed. Oh, God. I got to screech some brakes here because I, I Googled this because I want to see what the proof was. I found reviews, right? <laughs> oh, God. This is my favorite review. It says, somehow he has something. Not necessarily delicious, but he is not disgusting either. <laughs> uh, that's that, that's kind of how I would rate this. It's like <laughs> I don't know if I I've ever read of a I don't know if I like this or not. I it's feel just, like that's also what most of my friends have thought about me <laughs> for most of my life. Like, dude, I don't know if oh it's good, God, that is so but good he clearly has something. So somehow he has something. Somehow he has something. Not necessarily delicious, but <laughs> he is not disgusting either. That this, might have been in my wife's vows at yeah, our wedding. <laughs> this two dollar and fifty cent Mekong. Oh my whiskey, God. and it's spelled W H I S K Y, like it's Scotch, yeah. oh, uh, more like the rest of the world, you know, metric system. All right, you're, you're gold label. The greatest digressor in the history of this program. What comforts you in the winter, Tyson? <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> man, that was hours ago, man. Um, Why well, are we gonna bring was, up old I shit? I think so, I asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> what comforts me is, yeah, like, is, is yeah, there, what's your favorite like, when, comfort when in it's, we all get it's, to that point let, let me like further narrow this down we all get to that point at some point during the winter where you just kind of can't take it anymore it's one too many days straight yep. of you went to work when it was dark you came home when it was dark it's cold as shit so you can't even go outside and appreciate it the wind is whipping but for for me and I, I feel like Charles and I have kind of talked about this before off mic. There's usually something that like we can use as a salve for that. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, is it thinking about a place that you want to go? Is it cooking something? Is it a ritual? That's a good question. Um, I would say it's travel, but since I've been just all in on the business so much, I don't travel nearly as much as I would like to sure. and go warm places. Um, I've lived in here in Minnesota, born and raised all 40 years, other than the year I was deployed to the, the Middle East. Um, and I would, I would much rather take the hottest climates of the world as opposed to, you know, Minnesota does have some of, some of the coldest climates of the world. Um, I, I absolutely do not like winter one bit. I don't like that okay. life goes away and animals and stuff like go away and hibernate and it's dark Although sometimes the dark is kind of like dark and quiet, like mm-hmm. really snowy, quiet night. Like I love driving in really heavy snow sure. and just being outside. Like the snow deadens all the sound. Mm-hmm. I do. I love that so much. Um, I don't have anything that really escapes me from that other than I do have a tendency, a, a term from the army is embracing the suck, which mm-hmm. is like when you're, when you're just just beaten down, your your body wants to quit, your mind wants to quit. It's usually like freezing rain on you, or snowing, or just like everything is just all the wrong stuff is happening. Is that you do know that you know, like, say you're on an overnight thing, and like that the sun is going to come up at some point, and it's going to warm up. That springtime is coming. Um, as, as late as sometimes in Minnesota it happens where like spring right. finally hits in like June, you're like, fuck. Um, <laughs> but that it is coming and that's, that's what gets me through. Uh, I don't get seasonal depression. Fucking love summer. Like in summer for me is it's not summer unless I can sit on a patio at 10 o'clock at night in shorts and still be like, I'm a little sweaty. Mm-hmm. Like my yeah. ideal 
if I'm working, I like it like 55 degrees and partly cloudy and a little bit of a breeze, no bugs. Um, if I'm not at work, I want it like 110 and humid and like partly cloudy, a little couple breaks from the sun here sure. and there. Um, so I, I definitely am in the wrong state. But <laughs> Nailed it like, here in Minnesota. You, you just have to always look at that, that, yep, those, like the horse flies are coming one of these days. You know, like it may not be today or tomorrow, but the They're horse coming. flies are coming. They're coming. Um, okay, yeah, so you, you so got to look at the positive. Winter is looking toward the warm season? What, do you close your eyes and imagine it? Is that, I know no, just like you just, you just got to get through the suck. Um, grit your teeth. Yeah, it's it's that, that like bitching and like bitching and moaning isn't going to solve anything. Um you know, like a, a term from the army, like I mean like some might, you know, like I was a I was a a sergeant that's the highest I ever got in 13 years in the military, not cuz I, you know, didn't qualify for more, I just didn't want more. I've got a business where I'm in charge. Like I don't need more stuff to be in charge of for very little pay. Also, really um, cool getting to call you a sarge. And uh yeah, except for sergeant, you know, like a you know, you, you got to have standards, but, uh, um, you know, like, like someone would come up to me and like, you know, I'm, I'm out there and like cold and miserable and I'm like, Hey, Sergeant, I'm, you know, Sergeant, I'm, I'm cold. I'm like, you know, are, are you fucking dying? Mm-hmm. No. What are you bitching about? You know? And like, it's not meant to be like an asshole. It's like, it, it is what it is. As push much through. as I hate that term, you just got to push through it yeah. because eventually this will be over and it will be summertime again. Mm-hmm. And, Eventually, probably after my Lamborghini gets repossessed and then I have money to spend on something else, I will be able to move someplace where winter is like, like my ideal winter is like a month long tops. Like December, it starts getting cold. And then like by January, it's starting to like get back into the 80s again. That'd be nice. It's like a, like a North Carolina, South Carolina winter. Exactly. A little, if, little bit of cool. Okay. Just, 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 just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I just want like a dusting, like one day of snowfall, and then it can start getting back into the nineties again. But that's what <laughs> that's what gets me through winter. It's no food or cocktails or anything. I'm I'm not big into the holidays except for Halloween, which I missed because I had COVID. Um, and I, right. I snuck downstairs and like, you know, I, I like dipped right into the fire escape and went down fourteen floors and like walked down to North Loop and like found like a little cubby where I could, like, sit on this piece of, like, cold concrete, and I'm in this cubby, and nobody's really walking by me as I'm, like, you know, still got my mask on, but, I'm, like, you know, I'm riddled with COVID, and I can watch all the people walk past and at a distance in, like, costumes and have fun. Like, Hell yeah. Like. Just seeing a little bit of it. Yeah. You got to kind of, like, Ebenezer Scrooge it. Like, Definitely. Right, There's some Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm not part of this. But it's it's definitely that, like, no, the, the, the bright days are coming. Same yeah. thing here at the distillery. Like, I can have the worst week in the world, and it's like, it's not always, I hope it's not always going to be like this. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, I, will, I will someday get that bathtub that, you know, that, <laughs> that I that fit into. Fit in, yeah, and, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and that's, that's what it is. It's bright days are coming no matter what's going on in your life. I love that, man. That's um, actually, a, that's a great way to look at it. That's I, I mean honestly like I need to remind myself more of that. No matter how much, no matter how much it sucks, no matter what kind of shitty year you're having. I mean, sometimes it doesn't, and that's just sad. But I mean, what control do you have over mm-hmm. it? But you know, it's like summertime will come back, mm-hmm. and bitching about it being sad isn't going to change it all. You sure. know, you gotta like me being sad. The world, like my seconds left on this earth 
You know, like I get hit by a bus tomorrow. Do I want to spend that last time bitching about that it's dark early and that it's cold and all that stuff? As much as I don't like it, no. You know, like, I got to live. And, you know, like, I've only got so much time left on this earth. Like, I want it to be happy and positive as possible. Fucking right. And, like, live it up and find something, whatever it is. And for me, it's not food or drink doesn't bring summertime back. Only summertime brings summertime back. You know, that first, like, 80-degree day, and, like, I'll, I'll put on a little Ken- Kenny oh. Chesney in summertime, won't, won't, you know. <laughs> there um, you go. That's it. So I'm going to pass what it do, off to you guys. Yeah, what about you, man? What's your... I, uh, I might not like winter as much at almost 40 years of age as I did when I was younger, but I still embrace winter. I, I like the cold season. I like being a Minnesotan. I love standing outside, seeing my breath while I'm smoking a cigar, drinking a glass of whiskey, building a fire. So I do, I do embrace all those aspects of, you know, uh, the way we can enjoy a bowl of soup the, in, in a way that someone from Arizona could never enjoy a bowl of soup. And uh, huddling up, you know, busting your ass to the bar and, and getting through a snowdrift that's blocking the door so you can finally get seated and huddled up with your friends and take off your coat and enjoy a bottle of wine with them. Those, yep. those elements I really adore. For sure. Uh, the thing for me that I find most comforting in the winter, arguably, is um, I really... I've always loved tea. I, I like to drink tea. But the more the years go on, the more I enjoy drinking tea and i i think i'm getting better educated about it learning more about it uh, i love a lot of you know we've already been talking about a, a lot of japanese things and enjoying some japanese spirits uh, i have a, a shogun cast iron teapot yes. and in the winter I, my my dynamic changes were you know in the summer i have my cold press in the morning and then i drink a fuck ton of water all day and then you know at night many days especially in the warm season i'm drinking some alcohol in the winter i drink alcohol on fewer days but i drink hot coffee in the morning and then i drink a bunch of water and then late afternoon into the evening i make tea and i like a lot of like toasted teas there's a so probably arguably my favorite type of tea is a hojicha if you're familiar with it it's a it's a roasted japanese tea Mm -hmm. and it tastes very uh, toasty, roasty, earthy, and I fucking love hmm. it. It's isn't like it, a, it's, it's almost like a vegetable broth. It, it's fermented and then toasted, if I remember right. Uh, you, that's something that I'm yeah. I'm not familiar with, but uh, quite this. possibly yes. So that there's like toasted rice teas that I really like, toasted barley teas, and m- mostly of uh, Japanese origin, like the roasty, earthy teas. I I adore them because they. You know, like tea. I love tea. I love green tea. I like green tea. Let me let me rephrase. I like green tea. I like black tea. They're they're satisfying. You feel like you're doing something nourishing and healthy for yourself. But I fucking love toasted teas and teas that have like grains in them uh, because they have that like brothy quality to them. And just like even just the steam rising off a teacup of hojicha. Just the way that it smells as it touches your nose, that earthiness, it's it's totally different than I think what people are accustomed to uh, drinking, you know, just your, your bag of green tea. And Lipton. I find it really nourishing and satisfying. And those elements have something to do with it. That's why I'm expounding on those qualities. Just that roastiness and the hot 
nature of it and the Shogun pot. I have this like uh, blue Shogun pot that my brother JP got me for Christmas like 10 years ago. I love making tea in that, pouring it into like my nice little teacups. I got those cups today that I sent you so a little cup. So You're such jealous. a cat owner, just your little teacup. Oh, I, got, <laughs> I got these crazy earthenware. It's so these, dope. These weird handmade. Uh, so are you familiar with Masa Takeyama, who owns Masa in New York City? I, like America's foremost sushi so. restaurant, three Michelin star. I'll be there in a couple of weeks. Nice. But he's making his own plates in in and earthenware and stuff he had these what he calls teacups that look to me yeah they look to oh, me like uh right? mezcal cups how much can we stop for a second how much are those <laughs> 40 each oh yeah i got, I got, I'll, I got a pair link, look at them they're beautiful and they're made by yes. masa he yeah, made, like he made something those by hand exactly something handmade i don't want i don't so want cool. the mcdonald's of like glassware yeah you know i want they're so unique. Something where care and love was put into it. Please send me the link once we're done they're, with they're this. So and when you go back and edit this and get reminded. The card that arrives with it says expressly, no, we don't exchange stuff. Everything's unique because I think they don't want people to say, I'd like one that looks a little different. Yep. They say no exchanges. If you send it to us and it's in the exact same quality, we will refund you. But we will not exchange Love we will it. not exchange for you. Hell yeah. And Moss is also one of the only restaurants in the United States that does not allow you to pull your phone out of your pocket. Correct. We thought about it here, but it's... Yeah, that's a tricky thing. Yeah. It's a tricky thing. Because even for me, I I love to pull my phone out and take a photo. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's nice if you... I think maybe places need to do this. Maybe there need to be signs displayed that say, uh, be tasteful about your phone use. Take a photo, but could you mostly kindly turn your, your or don't just don't turn your flash? You could even off. say or say like, uh, please don't Fuck set your that. phones on the bar. Please don't set the bar is not for for phones. It is it's for service wear. Like pro Something tip, like if that. you're in a meeting a with someone, it. if you're on a date with someone, or like hanging out with friends, don't. I know you guys are because you're somewhat working, but like don't set your phone like right, face up <laughs> because it it's mm-hmm. telling the person across from you. That like there might be something more important coming, which Correct. I mean, every now and then there's a reason. Unless like, you're you know, really disciplined and you don't look at it every time it blinks. Uh, my, my phone's been just vibrating <laughs> yeah. in my pocket like mm-hmm. crazy. Right. But uh, no, you're, I'm a you're, forever muter. I'm a forever muter, so my but phone the, never. Be- the, the flashlight on. I was at a bar called Benfitic, which uh, uh. it's in Tokyo. It's a great place, and the owner's fantastic. But it's super dark, like way darker than this place. And there was this, this person like literally like had their like doing a Is video with, the whole room with a video on and like the but he's like putting it in like the bartender like in in, in Hiryasu's face like with yeah. the light on and you can just see like i'm just like come on like 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 uh, okay like this back room, when I, literally this, this is back when i was 39 like 39 is okay to get in back a bar fight kid, exactly. you know, like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like, oh, no, I'm god do i, I, I was I in my 30s do I, do I do i like bounce this guy's head off the bar you know like you know like <laughs> Everyone in here is just thinking the same thing. Exactly. Read the room, pal. There's no one catching the baggage here to keep it from thunking. (laughs) Um, But, uh, like, yeah, and and they were were too nice to tell him to, like, Shut right. Your flash off yeah. Most people. Thing. Most people. I think in the world would prefer to be polite and hope that the person takes a hint. Correct. Please. Yeah. So, Quan, what is your uh, comfort in the the winter times? I uh, in the Great North. Yeah. I mean, this isn't going to surprise anybody out there that's listened to a lot of our episodes, mm-hmm. but uh, I love curating an anti-winter playlist in the house. 
Oh, like like I I know I got to go out and neglecting deal with it. reality. Yep, neglecting reality. Okay. Once I'm home and it's time to cook Tons dinner, the yep. or once <laughs> once pretend <laughs> it's summer. Once yeah. I wake up in the morning and I know that I don't have to go anywhere right away, mm-hmm. then it's almost almost always uh, like '70s soul or funk immediately goes on the record player. Okay, turn that up, and then I'm going to cook something with a bunch of spice. With a bunch jerk. of flavor, like yeah, I'm gonna make it as big and as bright and as fun as I can. And honestly, I will turn every fucking light on in the house. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is my yeah. Like I I I exist with with the exception of like once it gets below zero, then I God, get I hate angry. when all the lights are on. Do you have some nice? Are your lights nice? I guess I've never. Yeah, I mean they're nice-ish. Okay. Like we've Jenny and I have swapped through. I've been here. Our, our light the bulbs. light has been pretty warm, but yeah. I've never been in there when you blast the lights. I'd be like, do I gotta leave? No, like, but like at night, time to the go. apartment is downside <laughs> being in an apartment. Like I'm not changing those light bulbs unless the landlord changes yeah. them. <laughs> For me, it's like all right. So it's six fifteen at night. Mm. I'm cooking dinner, and it's already been. You pitched. only say at night in the winter, by the way. Yeah. At for anyone yeah. listening that's not in Minnesota, six fifteen at, at like night is four fifteen at night year. might as well be one in the morning. <laughs> on a, like a pitch a black, pitch just just miserable. It's been dark for hours before I got home oh, from yeah. work. Right, I left for work, and it was pitch black. I got to watch the sun sun come up while at work, and then go down while at work, and then I get home, and it's pitch black. Yep. So I literally, it makes me feel better. I only do it like while I'm cooking and while we eat, mm-hmm. and then they all go back off. But I will turn on every visible light in the vicinity of our kitchen, living room, guest bedroom, hallway, bedroom. I'll put on the warmest music, which to me will always be somewhere from really the, the early 60s, probably through the late 70s, and then some of the rebirth stuff that happened okay. in the aughts into the teens. Mm-hmm. It's soul funk, full band, just thrown fun. on. And it honestly, like, it invigorates me. It puts it back into me because for a little while, it's warm in our house. It's, we have a teeny house, so it's not that hard to heat. The heat's on, the food's cooking, everything smells good. And then the best part, honestly, I love this, is opening the kitchen window and putting in like the little like six inch screen. Mm-hmm. And then you get this like real burst of cool, crisp, cold air. It does feel good. And it's like, Especially okay. when you're cooking yep. and it's hot, the oven's got the whole. And room everything really outside is up. like, it's either like indigo or that, that glowing blue color that snow gets. And like, bitch, I can see you. After Ben finishes, remind me of New Year's at our house. Well, no, but that, that, that's it. Like, that, that's it for me. I love being able to do that, and I can do that in the summer. Like, I play sure. all those records in the summer, too. Stevie Wonder was playing at my house two nights ago. It's fantastic, but it means more to me when the outside feels the opposite of that. And when I'm driving around in my car, I do. I listen to a lot more sad music in the winter. Like, I absolutely attach my emotions to what the weather is it's outside. The quiet. It's the quiet. Correct. But then when I get home, it's like, nah, we got we to gotta break that shit up. Yeah, like old Depeche Mode and like older Modest oh, Mouse playing in the wintertime. Sure. And- oh, my God. Like weird, moody, synthy Depeche mm-hmm. Mode. And then now the kids of the Depeche Mode era that are playing that shit retro now. oh it's fucking amazing and then harold 
<laughs> soothes you because he doesn't have a choice. It's the well, time of year that he wants to cuddle and he, all, all the time. Yep, and all he wants to do is he'll wait by the stairs for me to go downstairs because this is also the season of Thursday night football, Sunday night football, and Monday night football. Mm. My wife has no interest in any of that. So if I want to watch those games, got to go downstairs. Okay. And yep. that's also where his Herald's kingdom domain. is. Yeah. Because yeah. my I dog. Got the animals, I got the animals getting closer together yeah. where now they will, uh, Bogey will be up against my left leg, my dog. And Lucky will lay on a pillow in my lap where they're literal inches from each other. But they're one wrong move away yep. from it being <laughs> They wake up and look at the other one. War. And, <laughs> yeah. Like if, if Bogey twitches the wrong way, Lucky will jump up, swat him in the face, and run like 40 yards. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we should all be like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's just. Not that's if just, we're over 39. That just means they're human, you know? Like. Right. And they're under thirty. They're under forty, so they're right. ready to get in that bar fight. <laughs> so you know? I got four more days to go punch someone in the nose. Let's make it happen. I'll be there. Fuck. No, you know, if I've you don't, over, like, I've been over that for a very long time. <laughs> uh, we do. Speaking of this, we do. We do have to pick one more. One that's more. that's on you guys. Like, right. We got. I, I have a big one. Have decent good stuff, good stuff and we got complete shit uh, over there. Oh yeah, and I'm last question, so I'm going to fire this off. Well, Quam selects our final beverage. So Tyson, the final topic. What is one food thing that you loved when you were a kid that you can't find anymore or nobody makes it quite the same? Fuck. Choose wisely. One thing. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to ask. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good one. Um, Hold on before you uh, Yeah, pork fat. Pork fat. This is our last, last what one. Is, what, is, what is this? Uh, this is uh, Tita. Um, it's a Japanese uh, rum aged five years that I found. Uh, oh, I wish I could remember the name of the liquor store. It was a little liquor, liquor well, store. It's got their fun little furry um, label, too. And uh, it was an amazing little liquor store. In, uh, oh, cool. I think it was in Ginza once again. Um, basement of this like kind of shopping mall. And they, they did uh, tastings of a lot of things. And... This had an amazing selection. This is a five-year-age uh, Japanese uh, Okinawan uh, rum. Um, and I tried it. I'm like, yeah, this is going home with me. It was pretty good. This is like the most awkward thing. As Charles was holding this bottle up towards Ben, mm-hmm. he just, like, it's been like 15, like an awkward high five. Um, yeah, like Tom Brady looking for a high five and it being denied. Exactly. And it, is, uh, it, was, it was a really, really good rum. Uh, since yeah, I don't re- so remember the question, the and we're going to get back to cat talks, I told uh, Ooh, yeah. I told Charles that we we're going to be talking about cat talk for like yeah. three hours. Well, the question is else. something that you enjoyed eating when you were not my cat, a you know? youth that uh, you either can't get anymore, or you can't get the same quality of it, or same like all right we'll nature of cats. that thing. Because I did not eat cats. Yeah, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. No, personally. no, not at all. I could. Because I'm a I've cat never, person. I've, I've, never DJ Khaled. Be, I've never met a cat I didn't like, including my cat, Charlie, who was, like, absolutely insane. Mm. And anyone else would have brought him back to the store. It was absolutely insane. He put me in the... He brought me to the urgent care once. He brought you to the he urgent drove, care? Like, two yeah. Oh, my God, like, two <laughs> No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't drive me to the urgent care. He sent you there. He, he didn't bring he you, was, but he sent you. He, he was. which way are we going? Oh, Charlie, man, a fucked up way for my these exactly. last days being thirty nine. I'm gonna walk into the bar and be like, Charlie I'm not had to take you to the bar, but I'm gonna send you there. Charlie had some issues, and I like I'm I'm a very tight. You okay, Ben? Ben is I think about to support his uh, no, we almost, his highball all over the we microphone. Almost had our, we <laughs> almost had our first on mic spit take. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I was not ready for that. <laughs> I, 
You can well, just send it. You just, just just send it my way instead of on yeah. the on the wall because yeah. like this paint in here is really a bitch. Just just touch touch just touch that paint with your finger just for a second. Just do okay. it. No, no, not not the painting, but like the actual paint. Oh, now yeah. look, look at where you touched. See that mark? Oh, uh, that happens yeah, in my see? office too, actually. Oh yeah, like yeah. like flat. The flattest of black paint will do that, and this is like it's like eighty five dollars a gallon for this paint. Just like the perfect pitch. Great, black. perfect. Yeah, you but, only have uh, thirty seven thousand ca- feet. To come I know. With it. My cat Charlie, uh, he had uh, he had some head problems. Very nice cat, but he had some problems, and like, I think anyone else would have local. sent him back. Right. Um, I don't know if he came from a troubled home or just wired the wrong way or what, but like we thought about like he came like when we got him in like probably 2002 or something in our old apartment. He came in this box. Like, we got him and Pete the same day. We couldn't mm. couldn't we went to go get one cat, and of course like. They're both fucking cute. You came home and popped the box, and you're like, "They got us." Exactly. And <laughs> and, and Charlie, you know, they came, Charlie came in his box and said, "Like I'm going home." And we, honest to God, after the first night, we almost scribbled out, "Like I'm going home," and wrote like back. And <laughs> yeah. you know, like uh, th- this cat had he was super smart. Like he'd try and like figure out how to, like unlock doors and stuff. He'd watch you like operate a door handle like for weeks. On yeah, edge, lucky like, can open cabinets and, and doors. And, and he'd stuff. finally like, like start trying. And you're like, "Oh goddamn!" But. Uh, he uh, he had a few screws loose. For whatever reason, he did not like the UPS guy at all. Mm. Like he hear likes the, anybody. Probably that wears saw him kicking brown kicking shorts. Oh no, no, kicking the box. Our UPS guy, if you ever listen to this, Jason, Jason kicks ass. He's been coming here ever since as I started. As long as Shout out to Jason. Yep. Jason. But uh, <laughs> he no, like Charlie would hear this UPS truck like rumbling, and he'd jump up into the front living room window oh. and like start pacing. He's on that. It's like very to- tips oh. of his toes. Like everything's like fur. Tail, and like, up, like one puffy. day, one day, like I'd been around Charlie. Charlie's fucking insane, but like you know, and we'd gotten into our scuffles before. I've got plenty of scars from him. But uh, UPS guy comes, and I'm like, I can't remember what the package is. I'm super excited for it, and uh, at, at home, not work, and like I go down and like I'm barefoot, middle of summer, and like Charlie's like by the door, like you know, just like. You know, just and in my, I lost track of like what Charlie is, which is a wild animal at this point. Yes. And I go to like, I open up the door and like I got the glass door and I go to get my package, but I, I use my bare foot to like just like gently scoot Charlie back, and Charlie goes from like house cat into like Maniac. wild, wild, Feral fucking the, animal lemur, and he sees my foot as a threat and starts like just tearing it. And I can hear like the skin tearing and he's oh, like, man. he's, he's making noises. I've never heard him make is he's like just rolling around on my foot, like, like biting and tearing into every, like, mm-hmm. and there's bits Tasmanian of fur, devil. bits of fur just from him moving around and stressed out, like flying up in the air. And I'm like, shit. So I reach down with my hand and like, try and like Grab get him neck. off. Like, yeah, yeah like scruff him. And he like latches onto my hand. He starts just chewing the shit out Ooh, of my hand. So like, He's, he's on. kicking on my like my yep. forearm, and I hear yep. the skin tearing. There's just blood everywhere, and I get him with my like, well, okay, I got one foot that's all like bloody and nasty, one arm that's all bloody. Guess I better use my other arm. And like, in. he, uh, I get him with the other arm. And I'm like, Charlie, Charlie, and finally he starts like slowing down on his like you know mauling of me, and like it's like like reality starts like sinking back into like you know, whatever PTSD or like wires were crossed. Like they finally start. Reality yep. starts getting okay. in. He starts like trying to run away from me, but his like claws are stuck in me, okay. and I'm worried that he's like oh, going to like freak out. And finally, like, I, I unhook him, and he goes like running off. And like the UPS guy, 
is like standing there watching all of this. Nice <laughs> day, <laughs> and like, Jason. And it's I'm, like I'm bleeding. No, no, somebody? it wasn't. It wasn't Jason. I oh. God, I can't remember this guy's name. He was awesome too. Like our UPS guy at our at our old home. It could have been Jason. I'm, I'm just like there's like cat hair. Over, I'm like that could have been Jason. I've got I've got a bloody foot. I've got like two bloody arms and hands. Like I'm not kidding you. Like, <laughs> like I'm bleeding. You've got and he's like, on you. he's like, like Boy, I'm excited for the speaker. He's like, I can't remember what it was. It might have been our subwoofer that's up there. Like, oh, right. I can't remember. And he's like, should I just leave it on the doorstep? I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, you know, he's like, could you, uh, could you sign for me? He's like, yeah, I got you. Like, I go back up to like the bedroom. And I'm like trying to like wash all my wounds. I pull out like all my, you know, I acquired a bunch of like medic stuff from the army. And I'm like, like gauzing myself up. And like Charlie comes by. He's like completely forgotten about what happened. Like, what like, happened to you, pal? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, like I really want to hate you, but hey, Charlie, pss, 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 pss. you know, he's all like lovey again. But um, yeah, so like, yeah, I had to get back on cats once again, Charles. You knew this mm-hmm. was going to happen, but Doesn't I had to give a shout out to Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, um, hey, shouts up to Charlie. Yep, yep. We still, oh, yeah, with the Tita. We did we. We didn't cheers to this one yet, did we? Cheers. Well, we no, we did, and then um, we have cheers to Charlie twice. And then for the now. third time, you got to read this question again. Uh, the question or at least the is first what sentence. Food item from your youth or when oh, you were a child. Right. Do you miss that uh, you somehow can't access? Whether like someone doesn't make yes. it the same way or like easy, you can't find. Easy, easy question. I miss that. I, I'm sure my ta- we, we covered this earlier on mm. very briefly. That like you evolve and your tastes are different. Mm-hmm. Sure, like. Like meatball and spaghettios tasted much better when I was a kid. Yep. And like, I'm, I'm sure they changed the recipe. I didn't change. You know, like that doesn't happen. No, for sure. When you were no, four, that was it. Exactly. Your culinarian experience. And like that was like that was the best. You could serve that at any like you know like, like 18 star Michelin restaurant ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the spaghettios and meatballs, and was, I miss. It was a tomato and parmesan sauce, guys. Mm. It was fucking high. exactly no Hout sugar cuisine. added. Like, can I getty those gettios? So much Ooh. work into it, but yeah, like that's that's definitely like a flavor of my youth. That so so the memory of what spaghettios were it tasted like. So much, like, and then I became an adult and like. You know, it's a good answer, actually. I like, like that. Like bought some, <laughs> bought some spaghettios. Back. And, no, like I bought some <laughs> spaghettios and meatballs. Same. And like, there's no MSG in the meatballs anymore. There's probably no MSG in the spaghettios anymore. Yeah, and like and that shit fucking made it bright. Like really? something Did they, have, they used to put MSG in it. I don't know. There's there's well, like probably all that shit, all that shit rules. Like there was like all the BPA in it and yeah. all like the oh, yeah. all of like the stuff. I don't know, like the like everything that's like bad for us. Probably some probably, fucking CFCs in there. Yeah, the just stuff like that, the stuff that's it, still yeah, in the cheese. I heard spaghettios, the, 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 the spaghettios is what caused the hole in the ozone. Yeah, I heard the bad probably. girl. I heard the yeah, bad it's girl. The spaghetti-o. Yeah, exactly. The spaghetti hole. I heard no, the, it's the spaghetti-o. <laughs> it's just an O in the sky. I heard the bad girl from the Dare videos was in there. I heard fucking like, Dare. <laughs> oh man, the the little kid. Yeah, the little kid that that wasted all the paper towels and ruined all the forests. Like he was. In there, like Ooh. all of our villains from childhood, whatever yes. it was, it all made SpaghettiOs taste like, fucking unforgivably good. It, it's not because I'm drunk. Like, I mean, I, I grew up like super poor, and we didn't have much at all. And so, like thinking back, like I mean, I, I grew up like one of the things my dad always used to cook was called garbage, and it was just like minute rice and cream of mushroom soup and like you know like your tube of like you know your one pound of like hamburger 
and mm-hmm. fuck yeah. throw on yeah, some soy sauce. That's satisfying. Though. That's, that's also a comfort food. Hamburger fuck Helper yeah. made an entire career on oh, that. So. I love Double H so much. Yeah, dude, so fucking good. When I had COVID, I was making Double H. Like, I had Mary yeah. go buy some, even though I couldn't taste it. I'm like, I'm having comfort food. The, but, like, the best comfort food is rice soaked in juices yeah. from other stuff. Yes, absolutely. That's, That's why Chinese sense. food rice is so good. Oh, or any, I will always order an extra rice. Yeah, because the, all the the oyster sauce or the teriyaki or whatever it is that you're eating, all that sauce mixing with all those grains is just – that's such a beautiful thing. And a flavor Love from it. my youth, yeah, definitely definitely uh, you know, SpaghettiOs and meatballs. Okay. Get, like, I'm not talking off-brand stuff because like, you just don't do that unless it's like the, the cereal in a bag. I will fuck with cereal in a bag. I'm with you on that. Um, such a better value. Uh, marshmallow mateys, like oh, marshmallow mateys are the shit. Exactly. Also, uh, apple O's, the not the mm-hmm. non apple jacks. Those are fucking okay. delightful. I remember. Yeah. I seem to remember those from when I was a kid. Yeah. Do that... the do the cereal in a bag even exist anymore? Like, I don't know. did, no, did the one percenters take that away from 12. us? Fuck. They they stole the bags. I mean, I'm sure they exist somewhere, but not at mm-hmm. the grocery store anymore. Yeah. They secured the bag. They secured the bag, Damn. and then they threw it away. Damn. Quam. Uh, yeah, for me, it's, uh, first of all, Stouffer's French bread pizzas are not the Stouffer's French bread pizzas of my youth. Oh, I forgot about those. Uh, fuck, I should have oh, said Oh, I forgot pizza. about those. Oh, I love the fuck out of those. But you can still get a party pizza, and I think they're the same. I, I feel like... They probably are. I, I will straight up say, as somebody who still fucks with party pizzas on a regular basis, <laughs> they are still legit. It is still the same recipe. They're the same. It, 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 but, like, if your taste change, because that's the real reason I like Tyson's answer so much, is that I don't know if I change or if they change, but I don't like them as much as I did when I was fucking 10. We could do it change. I didn't change. But many. Yes. <laughs> you have not changed. You're the exactly Stover's, the same. Stover's French bread pizzas, uh, that was like a thing before. Oh God, I remember. I about them. I remember. I don't remember having frozen pizzas before those. Dude, I, I think that I had forgotten those exist for literally 20 years until three right seconds ago. <laughs> so the, the best part was uh, I had a, a babysitter whose name was Ben Olson. And uh, he was a good guy. He, uh, he, uh, I'm sure at some point my mom might listen to this episode. Uh, ben would burn me uh, heavy metal tapes and then put them in cases for other tapes and give them to me mm-hmm. so that my mom couldn't get mad at me listening to metal when I was in like third or fourth grade. Uh, please. Uh, but for me, the best part was <laughs> I love those fucking things. And then this dipshit didn't like sausage. I loved sausage. He liked pepperoni. Mm-hmm. So my mom would always buy sausage, and he wanted pepperoni ones. So the, uh, the original Stouffer's French bread pizzas not only had Italian sausage in them, but then had a dusting of actual fennel seeds across the whole pizza, which, looking back on it, kind of blows me away. Right. For, for sure. something so Absolutely. easy. Like, I mean, it's the thing to find now. There's, find exactly. Now? Uh, and uh, Ben, because he wanted pepperoni pizzas and not uh, sausage pizzas, convinced me that those were potato bugs and that I was eating infected pizzas, which immediately put a halt to my Stouffer's sausage French bread pizza eating. For real? Yep. Wow. No, I mean the bugs. For, <laughs> for legitimately like oh, 15 years. And I had literally for, I had forgotten about that. Like I put fennel seeds on all kinds of things. I use it in cooking mm. all the time. And then I was at the grocery store, and uh, my wife had wandered off to grab something. And I was just kind of like wandering down the aisle, looking at shit. And I saw the Stouffer's French bread pizza box. 
Yes. And I was like, oh, fuck, they still make these? Do they, they do still make them. And I, yeah, they still make them. And oh. I grabbed them, and I grabbed the sausage one. And immediately oh, my, head like, my head was like, you fucking dumbass. That's just fennel seeds. That's oh, how you, you like think. Hadn't I, had, I just hadn't thought about oh, them. Man. But I had literally stopped eating those in fourth grade and had never had another one. I bought them. Did you find that dude and just give him what for? No, he's actually he's a sweet dude. And honestly, you know what I'm saying, were you were you 39? Because then you could have beat him up. <laughs> yeah, I could have exactly. beat him up. I was 32. Like the age you can, oh! like- I was 32 when I found him. I did not whip his ass, but we had a wonderful conversation <laughs> because he's an incredibly com- huh. accomplished huh. jazz bassist now. And honestly, yeah. it's a pretty sweet prank to get the food that you want while you're babysitting a kid by convincing the kid that his favorite food is infested with bugs. Yes. I mean, it's pretty legit. So Ben Olsen, hats <laughs> off to you. Uh, but Maybe if that really, but I grabbed, was higher, he wouldn't have to get these perks for himself. But I, yeah. I grabbed the box and I looked at the picture and I was like, there's no fucking fennel seeds in this. I bet yeah. they fucking, I bet Ooh. a bunch of kids got told these were potato bugs and then they stopped buying thing. it. Yeah, where the fuck did that come from? Potato bugs. I don't know. I don't even sounds know real. what he was talking about. It sounds real. Exactly. Yeah. So potato I, bug a real thing? So I, I bought them. We don't know for sure, be. so it must be plausible. <laughs> I bought the set. I, I brought it home. I cooked them. Fucking mm. look. No, there's, they, they don't have fennel seeds on it anymore. So it, it automatically doesn't Oh, so they got the shittier. So they, they got somehow shittier got shittier. Because they took the only... Man. Visual spice on there. Did you there. did you just look at it and go like, okay, there's no fennel seed. Correct. Did you see if there was potato bugs in it though? No, I was hoping for. I actually shook on potato bugs because then okay. they'll have a potato bug shaker that I look forward maybe to. Nice. Maybe maybe they were potato bugs. I mean, they could have been. Whoa! Yeah. He just liked them. He or just, it's, so he was way ahead of his time because now eating bugs is cool. Well, it well, definitely he is was now. So but, cool. But like, here's here's the funny part. He so, like eat potato infinite. bugs and now he plays jazz. So let me let me let me fucking. Wonder Teens fucking activate this shit. So the best part was when I figured that out, I was still kind of getting going on my home chefing. Mm-hmm. And it was a reminder of, holy fuck, I think I just love the flavor of fennel because that's what was missing from said pizza. So I started making sausage with fennel in it. To this day, I still love that flavor and I use fennel oh, yeah. on a regular basis. Going back to our earlier question about the holidays, I am going to do a separate. I'm not allowed to cook the turkey uh, for my uh, Thanksgiving spread because one time my father-in-law said it was the best turkey that he'd ever had. And therefore, I was immediately kicked out of cooking the turkey. So I'm going to make my own turkey at home. And I'm going to do a fennel gravy because I fucking love that Mm. flavor. And in a really weird recompense for the whole thing... To me, it was the fact that I had been so scared of this thing and the fact that that was actually the flavor that I loved more than anything else. Because other than that, in those pizzas, it's just fucking salt. That's all it is. It's salt, a little bit of acid from tomato, but it's salt and then fat. It was the fennel that I really loved. It wasn't necessarily the sausage. And so I started incorporating fennel into more things. And now I love having that ingredient. And the Mm. only reason that I understood how much I loved that ingredient was loving it as a child, having an absence of it, and then realizing that that was the thing that I dug. So you said, finally, I understand. I, oh, God. I dad joke. Finally, a dad joke I comes like in. Shitty puns. Don't so I had a uh, 
Uh, I, I had a thought of how much Ben loves fennel. I do have a bunch of fennel next door. Are you ready for the fennel challenge? Let's I'll go get a spoonful it. of fennel. I'll just fucking start chewing on it. Will you really? Let's go. Are you, are you serious? Is it, I, wait, like the actual vegetable, or are you just talking about like a no, like, of like, seeds? No, like fennel seeds, like no. dry as fuck. No, I'll toast it, and I'll make some delicious food with it. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> fennel jelly. I, I was really looking forward to you having a uh I having drank a all my booze. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, well, yeah. So, what's Charles? What's your answer? I, I, okay, so I have an interesting answer for this, and it occurred to me. It, it seems to, this thing occurs to me every couple years. When my mom used to make uh, like Lebanese farmers cheese, it's like these cheese patties. This like fresh cheese that she makes. You know, she gets the rennet and boils milk. When she used to get, um, when she used to get milk from a farm that was. Um, Oh shit! When she used to get milk, when she used to get milk from the farm that you know was totally pure, it would. Uh, Jesus Christ! What is happening? Right We're now? blessing everything yeah. currently. Uh, yeah, we got to fennel. We got the Pope over here, fucking pouring. Oh, what are we yes. drinking? Aquavit. Yes. Pour Aquavit all around the bar. It's, uh, the, the glory of baptizing, that they, baptizing they the fucking distillery. But if you step on it, it'll like dissolve your shoe rubber a little bit. It's slippery as fuck. Yeah, don't uh, stand anywhere now because he's literally covered the entire fucking floor. With this we don't stuff. have a. Uh, I got to drink the rest of my room. We don't have so, a. Uh, um, I don't know what I was talking about. Little floor. buzz, but uh, get up to your mic if you. <laughs> oh shoot! Sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's no one walking around right now, but no. if, uh, if someone were to walk around, you could slip and fall because the alcohol. Let's on the play floor some hockey will... after this. Listen, the chairs. there's like all... an air hockey table right now. All I know is Shit. if Thor and Loki shut up, they'd yeah. be proud. So mm. there we are. Uh, so. Yes. So my oh. mom used to make milk with or make a cheese with, with rennet, and it's like Lebanese style soft, like farmer's cheese um, with rennet tablets and then milk fresh from the farm that. Has it been unadulterated by process? Whole milk. And uh, the the top of the boil when she was making cheese would be what I didn't realize until very recently is called milk skin. Mm-hmm. And she would always skim it off. I'd be standing there licking my lips as a little kid. Let me get that. She'd skim it off the top and put it on a slice of toast and hand it to me. And the flavor of that is remarkably unique considering it's just... Of just the skin or the this the yep the that milk skin, uh. it just it it tastes different than the rest of the the milk. It's the separated sure. fats. It's, yeah, they rise at the top and it creates a skin. Mm-hmm. I used to think it was. I thought maybe it um, it was similar to what's it called that British people put in their tea uh, milk. Can't think of the name right now. But you can get jars of like this like whey. No, there's a name for British people put it in their milk in their tea. Mm-hmm. It's a milk product. I used to think that that's what that was. It's called milk skin. Hmm. I had to do a lot of search queries yeah. to determine precisely what it is actually called. So it's it's like, a milk skin. Yeah, you're you're connecting the the fat molecules with a little bit of heat into a, like a loosely connected like solid. It's anything with fat that you're yeah. boiling, the fat rises to the yeah. top and you skim it off. That's it, precisely what's yeah. happening. So. Skim milk is called skim milk because the it's, fat has been skimmed away. Because so also, fuck skim milk. It's just a lie. Yeah, it's garbage because all the fat's gone. Right. So that was the process by which my mom would produce it's, this It's this milk cheese. schmaltz. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I fucking love it. The flavor of it, like, blows me away. I can still I can still taste it when I think about it. The last time I had it was Elgato, 
when um, Chef Fuck. Christensen and uh, Chef McKee ran the kitchen there, and that place was awesome. And uh, Chef Christensen would just bring me stuff out, like, here, mm-hmm. to give this a shot. And I took my girlfriend one time for her birthday, and he came out with uh, grilled bread, like oily grilled burnt yes. bread that was covered with that, but like charred. And I don't think he called it milk skin, but he said, like, this is, like, some charred milk or something like that. And he handed it to me, and I was like, all right, whatever. If he hands me something, I'm going to eat it because everything he makes is spectacular. And I took a big crunch out of that bread, and it it's instantly, chocolate. like, I closed my eyes. I was like, whoop, 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 whoop. Like, my life flashing backwards through my yep. through my brain. And I went all the way back to being a kid and standing next to the stove, rubbing my hands together like a greedy little piece of shit. Like, let me get that. Let me get that. I and want. I, 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 it, it blew me away. And that's the last time I had it. And that was, dude, that was like 14 years ago, dude, maybe. What do we got to do to get this? I got to like, make it. And now that I, I can, been, I, can I just like, like if we hit up someone with a, with a cow, is that what we the need? The best or can way we just to do go? it would be raw milk. But you can do it with whole milk or, or even cream. This question is predicated on my recent discovery or like it, it occurred to me again. I need to look into what this is. And that's when I finally found the name. All these many years later, oh, shit, it's called Milkskin. So now knowing what that is and how I could possibly produce it, maybe I'll get like some – if I can locate some raw milk. I'll go to my mom. She can still make the cheese, but I'll do the same thing I used to do just from – I'll be looking down at her and sit up at her, rub my hands together like, let me get that Milkskin. And I'll toast some bread and There's gotta be someone get that on there. that can hook us up with some Milkskin. Oh. I, I have people that can. Like, I didn't know. I'm that was surprised thing. that that's not an element of any dish I've had in the last 13, 14 years, because it's it is very unique and unusual. But it tastes so good. It tastes so good. <laughs> so is that the go home cue? Yeah, no, that's well, no. the ten o'clock regulator. So I, I love the fact that that's the third time that our our All listeners right, both, will have heard bonus this shot. Uh, bonus <laughs> shot here. Uh, We've had my like favorite, nine shots in a cocktail. My favorite Twitter beer, account so. that I hey, follow cheers. is uh, Big Ben the Clock, and all it does, <laughs> all it does, is every hour, it just says how God, many how many bongs it gives out. Nice. And I have more than once tweeted out the most rational, realistic account that I follow on Twitter is just an account that goes bong bong bong. And having that fucking <laughs> clock go off That's, this whole time, like that, I was like, "Yo, I feel you, man. You're right." So, like, how we didn't curate this space, like how how you know this was like, I mean, other than the flaws, if you look deep uh, or at the surface, that we didn't hire someone to design this. Like, I found that clock at an estate sale online in like the farthest like spot of Elka River. And I remember driving there. This person was driving like it says regulators. 30, well, it says regulator, which is like like a like a brand of clock or like a okay. certification of clock <laughs> from back well, in the day. That's pretty perfect. That it was going to like regulate time, which that thing is accurate. It took a little bit of time for me to dial it in. I just got a little you know, dial to adjust the pendulum swing. Um, but it's, it's pretty on point. I mean, it just dialed 10, 10 bongs, and it's ten oh two about two Tell minutes you. ago. The um, amount of bugs, I've, I've never I, once paid attention to it. But now that I follow that account, it makes me laugh every time a clock But I, I looked at it and it said regulator on it. And, like, I I, I'm a Twitter. big fan of the regulators, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to buy that clock. And I hope it works because I have a label printer. And I, 
I can definitely print an S. Because I don't want to have to call Emilio Estevez and Lou Diamond Phillips, yep. motherfuckers. Oh, I yeah, see. That, that is Billy our regulators, regulators clock. <laughs> and so many, like, there's so many the things that we regulators. do around here that people don't get, like, in the regulators clock. Like, so many people don't understand, like, you know, I, I, I drove up to the farthest end of Elk River just to buy this clock at an estate sale. <laughs> And just so I could like print it one S yep. on my on my label <laughs> printer, put it on so it says regulators, <laughs> and you know like like so many people don't get it. It makes me so sad. No, I, you know? well, I uh-huh. fucking love it, and uh, I guarantee you, a lot of our listeners love it. So if they want to find out more about you and they want to come here, yep. first of all, remind them again where uh, the cocktail room is. No problem. We're uh, we're we're Scoven Distillery. Uh, in Brooklyn Park, uh, I guess I'll run through the whole gamut of yeah. everything. So our, our, our Instagram is at Skolven, and it's uh, it looks like Skalven, S-K-A-A-L-V-E-N-N. It's like the hardest like thing to pronounce over the phone or radio or podcast. But it means cheers, cheers friends. friends. Because I'm not very close with my family. It doesn't mean I don't love my family. I love them very much. Um, I just I, – I'm a much – I love friends. No matter where you go in this world, you can go to the farthest corners of this world. Unless there's nobody around, um, you can always make friends. You might not have family there, but there's going to be friends. Or at least a cat. Um, I'm going to California over Thanksgiving, um, and I hope to make friends there. And, and Fuck yeah. maybe bring back Oh, yeah, going to Napa. Yeah, yeah, going to nice. Napa. Hell yeah. supposed to go there, but then I got COVID, and my last day was on quarantine. So I was like, ah. Everyone's like, oh, you should fly out. I'm like, I can't. Nope. I can't do that. Thank you for doing right. that. No of problem. Um, but uh, yeah, it's Golven Distillery on Instagram. I think on Twitter. I hardly check that. Um, yeah, we're Golven Distillery in Brooklyn Park. We're uh, kind of a high end, but not cocktail lounge. Um, and you could find your products at liquor at like, stores, like four hundred liquor stores across Minnesota. Shout out to everyone that works at our distributor and our distributor at Vinicopia. Small Good enough humans. to give a damn about us, big enough to put us all across the state. I love you guys. Um, thanks to you guys for having me. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm, this has been a, we've had a blast. If if any of you guys see a picture of me, and any of you listeners, you see me out at a bar, and you've recognized me as a Skullvin dude. You probably won't um, be wearing the fur coat that is in the cover photo for this episode. <laughs> but it's damn sexy, and um, I hope it's he is. the cover photo. You were no, I, I will definitely way, not be wearing a fur coat. I will probably be wearing either in wintertime a flannel or a hoodie. Summertime a t-shirt, a and or jeans, a <laughs> maybe cargo shorts. Um, but uh, yeah, stop uh, to our cocktail lounge here in Brooklyn Park. Make a reservation. Um, You're on Resi, right? Yeah, we're on Resi for right now, unless like someone better comes along. Um, please, someone better come along. Um, <laughs> and for those of you out there that have listened to uh, all 39 and, of our episodes, when I'm referring to the Akavit that I'm drinking, honestly, like at least half the time, I'm referring to this Akavit. Uh, Skalven Akavit is spectacular and, and is one of the things that keeps me happy about the Minnesota like distilling industry. Thank so, you. And, and I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I appreciate you guys, you guys coming out here. Um, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. We were talking before the show where I can't work and listen to a podcast. Otherwise, it's just it's white noise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I only listen to podcasts when I'm driving. But I really do. And I'm, I'm saying this sincerely. 
I really do enjoy listening to your podcast because it's real fucking people yeah. telling real stories from re- two real people who like I like I said before you guys were setting up like I I feel like I should know more about you guys because you guys seem like you guys are like you just more in the a industry of things about exactly. us exactly so. yeah like like I'm listening to stories and you guys are like in the industry and like fucking people. And I'm a nobody. And <laughs> You're not. No, I am. Like, the cemeteries are full of people that are forgettable. And I'm, I'll be one of them someday, except not in a cemetery. So will we all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, like, I feel you guys, you guys been around, done that, been there, done that a little bit. Like, you guys know people. I don't. And I appreciate you guys being here, having me on, uh, giving us an opportunity to tell our story. These are Uh, the most fun experiences, I think, of this podcast Mm -hmm. is like someone that we maybe have just like a surface level, like a a milkskin experience with. Literally. We get to drink together for hours and bullshit. And we know a lot more about each other now. Mm -hmm. And our listeners know a lot more about all of us, including yourself, now that they've listened to this. No, thank you. Literally, listeners. I knew Charles. I knew his name from somewhere. I'd like seen it enough times. It's only the first time I was here too, yeah. And I, I saw you at Meteor one time, and I didn't come. I don't think I said hi. Um, I just saw you, and then you ended up in our cocktail lounge a few days later. Oh sure. And then Ben, like at Travail Residency at, uh, at, at in Uptown. Yep. Someone at Travail is like, oh yeah, the you, you like Akavid, the owner of Scovin's right there. I'm like, oh shit. You know, like you came up and said hi, and then like I think I ran into you at at Meteor that same night, and like I didn't recognize Mm -hmm. you. Which, if anyone comes in, I had a head injury in the army like ten years ago. I'm super bad at remembering faces. I will remember Charles because it's like jet black, sharpie don beard, fake beard. Yeah. Um, I will probably remember Ben, but if you come in, like I don't remember you. It's, It's not personal, but like I didn't know these two dudes, and. I appreciate you guys coming in and like getting to know little old me and having me on here. Uh, once again, Pleasure's I would like to ours. give a shout yeah. out. I came up with a theme. If you guys, if anyone comes mm. into the distillery, <laughs> I, I don't want to be drunk and getting like long winded, like Oscar music comes on and all that shit. I, I came up with the, I came You're up with You're already our number one digressor. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> I came up with a theory of like a high end cocktail bar in Brooklyn park in a shitty warehouse district in a shitty warehouse. No offense to our landlord. Uh, opening during a pandemic. Dunder Mifflin. Uh, exactly. Dunder Mifflin. Um, but our, our current team of Nelson Cabrera, Ryan Martinez, mm-hmm. Bryce Caldwell, my wife, Mary, uh, Max Evanson, uh, myself at the bar, and then we've had uh, Felicia Martinez uh, helping out a little bit and a couple other people here and there. What about I the dishwasher? Everyone, every little bit, mm-hmm. especially our customers and everyone that keeps us in business, thank you very much for having us. It means beautiful, man. the absolute world to not only me, but every one of us involved. Thank you. Support local. Support the people that are doing the work to bring you incredible things in your own community. Uh, Charles, where can, uh, where can people find you? Uh, presumably on social media. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I am, I am, uh, all things like either the communist or communist. Uh, I also just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, we lost a really good human who would have been a, a future guest on this podcast. Uh, a good friend of mine named John Pillsbury. Uh, and all I will say is this, if you were fortunate enough to meet John, he was an incredible human being and I wish I could hug you right now. And hopefully at some point I will, uh, if you were not fortunate enough to meet John Pillsbury, 
just know that uh, there was somebody whose base mode, the only thing that he wanted was to make people smile and laugh around him. So if uh, if we could all put a little bit more effort into making somebody else smile, making somebody else laugh, doing something to make somebody's life better, uh, I think we'd all have a better world. And I think that's a great way to let somebody's uh, let somebody else's um, just let somebody else live on. I, I'm I'm sorry that was I got a little emotional there. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say uh, let's all just try and be a little bit better to each other, whether it's for John or anybody else, uh, the world needs it. So thank you guys so much. Thank you again, Tyson, for having us here. Thank you. What an oh, yeah. incredible experience being here. And again, uh, if you can get out to, uh, the cocktail lounge, please do it. But if no. not buy anything that says Skullven on the it's label, available. cause you know, it's going to be fucking nah, amazing. Just, just buy something Minnesota. And, yeah. and, and again, I, to you, like fucking like, I mean, more than buying local, this world needs people just like, I don't care if you're like extreme liberal, extreme conservative, just accept that other people have a different opinion than you yeah. guys and like fucking, fucking love each a, other. Right. Give each other a hug. Yep. Um, we, have, we have everyone here at every different end of the political spectrum and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And fucking love each other. Just remember you we're know, all humans on the same rock. Hundred percent. We've got different views. We all like dogs or cats. Well, fucking love each other. And if other. you don't like either, get the fuck out of here. If you don't like dog or cat, if you're a bird people, get out. We're gonna get back. <laughs> He's gonna it, do but... a spit take. He's oh, gonna no. do it. He's Uh-oh. gonna do it. Oh, he's gonna do it. Almost, fuck, he didn't do how it. do we? How do we almost have two of the same? All right, episode? you gotta you gotta tune in the next episode. He'll do a spit take. <laughs> right. I don't I don't care about your political beliefs as long as you love all people. Correct. Fuck yeah. Yep. Love everybody and. If you don't, I don't know. We're going to hug it out after this. (laughs) Thank you. We love you guys. Take care.